Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. It's Jeremy White and Sneaky Joe DiBiase. You've got to get a nickname, and if your name is a nickname, then they got to extend it. What are the Sabres nickname? Saves. Nobody on earth says saves. I can't deal with another person trying to tell me that people don't say saves. Nobody says, who says saves? You say saves? Yes, people say saves. I've never heard you say saves. The saves? Yes. Jeremy White. People are saying saves. How many, like five people? Five million people say saves. I hear more people call them the swords than call them the saves. That is the biggest lie that's ever (laughs) been told on these airwaves. Sneaky Joe DiBiase. Matt in Buffalo. What's up, Matt? Tell them what's up, Matt. Me and my friends all the time will say, what are you doing for the saves game? Nobody calls it the swords whatsoever. Absolutely. (laughs) No one calls it the saves. Matt, I'm not saying you're the best caller in show history, but you're top five. On WGR. The saves game. Saves, you need to be hanging out with more people. Sports Radio 550. Saves won. Rasmus Dahlin says Saves. Or at least he says. He said Junior Saves. He did say Junior Saves, which I think is like 99% of the way to him. He's going to say Saves. But he hasn't officially said it about the team yet. How how often would you refer to your own team, though? You know? Like, if you're the the Toronto Maple Leafs, if you're Austin Matthews, how often does he say the words Leafs? Going to... I got a, we got a game tonight. Oh, right. You know, yeah. like, if you're on the it's team, we. it's just we. Yeah. I play for the Avalanche. How often am I saying the Avs? It's like talking in third person. A little bit. It's kind of weird. Well, like it's they, a group third person. They they would also, maybe in like a formal context, be like, like you know, end of a career. Like, I was proud to be uh, a Sabre. Yeah. Imagine, you know, in a retirement ceremony, someone steps up there. Darlene in 15 years at his jersey <laughs> retirement goes, I was proud to be a Sabre. Love it. Put it he on will the, not say that. Put it on the bet board. <laughs> I'll give you a. Th- I'll give you a hundred. I was about to say thousand to one, but be careful because honor of never, my life. Never offer a thousand to one to be drafted by the Buffalo Sabes. The Sabes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The honor of my life. Is it possible that a player goes an entire career? They say the word. They say like. I mean, it's truly an honor to be drafted by the uh, St. Louis Blues. And then when they retire, yeah. truly an honor to play for the St. Louis Blues. And never say Blues. or In the in-between? Yeah, never. Yeah, I don't know what context they would 
say it, right? I guess unless like everyone would know who you play for. Your coach says a lot. Like Granado says, it's important to these guys to be a Buffalo Saber and play. yeah, like yeah. coaches want to do that, but I'm sure players do. Um, it's kind of funny. Maybe captains are the ones who say be, that more than the right. others. It'd be like us saying like, "Oh, where are you going? Into the station, not into WGR Sports Radio 550's radio." <laughs> you know, everybody kind of knows what right. hockey team you play for, right? Yeah. Anyway. Good morning, Jeremy and Joe. It's a Thursday. It's uh, been a beautiful couple days. I mean, the weather's been awesome. Yeah. Nice and warm. It's going to dip back down for uh, the next couple days. High f- Right now, it's 46, and the high today is, uh, well, about this. It's going to be overcast, rainy, and uh, through the weekend, we get colder. So the ground might freeze again, maybe. We are. In- it is mud season. So yeah, enjoy much. Yesterday season. was beautiful. It though. was awesome. Like yeah. longest dog walk that I've ever taken in February in my in my life. Yeah, very because nice. It was that nice out. I I didn't have anything necessarily planned yet. I want to ask you a question. Do you, do you want to start out with a spit your coffee out kind of? Sure. A, a, an article and click. Why not? Why not? Everybody ready for a spit your your coffee? Yeah, right, six, right away. Six oh six. Someone's someone's gonna have me spitting my coffee I'm out. Spit, you're gonna spit your coffee. Josh out. is taking a swig yeah. right now. I, just, I just to, in I, preparation. I want you to sip it right now. Yeah, okay. I'm just gonna continuously drink coffee yeah. while you. Sip. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> so I log on to ProFootballTalk.com. You know, oh, I, of course, I love to do this. You know, see what's going on in the NFL. Mike Florio, for better or for worse, sometimes is uh, a rumor monger, a take artist, among other things. But, you know, there's there's football news there, and I, I appreciate the site for what it is. So I click, you know, type it in. Let's go. Front page. I got a picture of Stefan Diggs. No. Oh. Okay. You're not – that's not – they're not spitting your coffee out yet. No. No, because I'm used to that. Right. So I see a picture of Diggs, and I scroll down, and I the headline is, Bills are betting favorites to keep Stefan Diggs. Okay. Oh, okay. No one's spitting coffee out yet? Nope. Not, no. No nope. one's spitting coffee out. Like, all right, yeah, sure, of course they are. Let me let me click on this and see what's going on. Draft book DraftKings Sportsbook has the Bills at minus three hundred retained digs. I'm reading the article. Like, okay. Uh-huh. Uh if not, the Bills, both at plus one thousand are the Chiefs and Texans. <laughs> That's hilarious. What? That's hilarious. Now, I've seen others that are like the, the Cowboys, I think, are actually the, 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 the real favorite. Uh huh. Not that he's gonna move, but Man, that was like smelling salts to me at 5.40 this morning. I'm, so, I'm sorry, the Chiefs and the Texans. Yeah. One of those should be very different than the others, right? I don't know. Maybe not for competitive reasons, but for uh, psychological reasons. Sure. On top of competitive reasons. I mean, I've had a couple of tweets in the last week. Imagine if the Chiefs get Gabe Davis. Uh-huh. And, you know, a fear of maybe they would find a way to get more out of him than the Bills have, or he's good and now he's going to torture the Bills as a member of the Chiefs. And I, I'm i not sure if anyone's ever thought of the possibility of Diggs going to the Chiefs. The, the, the Bills would never do it, right? No. Never do it. The Chiefs would not even pick up the phone, right? Like, they wouldn't call the Bills. Right, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be laughed at here. Right, they're, they're going, hey guys, Diggs is probably, a, should we even bother calling Brandon? Like, what, what's going to happen? He's going to laugh at us and hang up, right? Yes. Yes. And you think it's April Fool's Day? It, Call it, him on April 1st, maybe. If they traded him to the Chiefs, they should just go ahead and stop building the new stadium. Just just shut this whole operation down. The Texans is another fun one in here. The Texans. If the Texans had Nico Collins, Stefan Diggs, and Tank Dell. Yeah. I mean, again. Would the, you put them above the Bills? As a franchise? 
Just like for no, like for to win the Super Bowl next year. I might have to. Because the Bills who need weapons would be giving a team with weapons more weapons. Like, here, you like, take this. There's no scenario they'd have better weapons like, than the Texans like here, under those circumstances. We're in, a, we're in a fight. Why don't you take all of the weapons? Uh-huh. Like, seems nuts. Well, let me ask this question, though. Uh, uh, we, you said re- multiple times, like, you would take a first-round pick? if No one's going to offer that, right? Yeah, yeah. No one is going to offer that. But let's say... Someone's willing to offer a first-round pick that you can use on Brandon Ayuk. Brandon, Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> I was going to say Brian Thomas. Uh, no, a first-rounder and just drafting the replacement is not. It's it's scary, very scary. Mm-hmm. If I if the Bills somehow did get a first-round pick for him, which they won't, I would immediately offer it for Ayuk. Like Ayuk is the only mm-hmm. real possible answer that I think you could make the move and. It's lateral slash an improvement. It's probably an improvement because he's younger. He's 25. So I would do it for Ayuk, and that's about it. All right, me, Every other idea sounds like a bad idea and a way to get worse. All right, let me massage this into existence then. Okay. Here, it's a three-team trade between the two teams that were in the Super Bowl and the Bills. <laughs> and the Bills are going to get Brandon Ayuk. The Niners are going to get the Chiefs' first-round pick, and the Chiefs are going to get Stephon Diggs. I feel like I didn't win that trade. I feel like in the in the right the context you got to look at Diggs in the Chiefs uniform now. I, yeah, right. That's not happening. Come on. What the, the and the Chiefs first round pick is thirty second overall. That's probably not enough to get Ayuk. Probably not. You got to th- still find. And to be fair, Ayuk's probably more valuable than Diggs. So you got to throw like your second on top of it yeah. or your third on top of it. I mean, to the, make it work. Uh, the Ayuk idea there. would the Niners trade him to the Chiefs because that isn't that's obviously a much better idea. And the Chiefs in that three way trade, if you're the Chiefs, people are asking why didn't you just take the young receiver instead of the older guy? Yeah, but, I don't know. Are they getting to a point where they've played the Chiefs twice that? They feel like we can we can win our conference. The team in our way is Kansas City. The same way that the Bills would have that thought. The same way the Bills would shape an off season at any point in time that they would lose to Kansas City around beating the Chiefs. Couldn't the Niners say the same thing? I mean, could it's not the same because there was more of an expectation in the other sport, but. There was a point where the Cavaliers and Warriors just started designing their teams to beat each other because yep. they just knew they were going to play each other, and they were in different conferences. I don't know if you're the Niners, you could you could say that like, hey, we we can we're going to win the NFC, we can win the NFC again. We just don't know that we could beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and we need to design everything to do that. So, I think that's the mindset the Niners could be in, just the same way an AFC team would be. One thing about this offseason and free agency that'll be interesting, I, I referenced yesterday. Listen to. Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs of the NFL Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast. We talk to Joe all the time, and we've got Kyle Krabs coming on tomorrow. And they were talking about perfect fits, like where this player would go that's a perfect fit. Matt Bowen has a piece up about this. And, okay, we can all agree you're not one player away. Nobody's one player away. But what's about to happen in free agency, when we get to free agency, is that these other teams, a lot of teams, contenders and contenders with space, will add. And the Bills won't, right? Like, look at the Bills and Chiefs. You think they're pretty even right now. Bills lose these close games. You know the free agents the Bills are losing. Mm -hmm. And for the Chiefs, they got to re-sign LeJarrius Sneed and and Chris Jones. And then they just add, oh, I don't know, Mike Evans. Mm -hmm. Right? Or they, they add Michael Pittman Jr. This free agency period, the Lions add 
so-and-so, and on and on. Look yep. at your top 50 free agents. The Texans have $61 million in cap space. Uh, yeah. 61, they have... They have could this be right? Like sixty one. They have they have a hundred and five million dollars more in cap space. And than if the you're Bills the Texans, <laughs> shouldn't you one hundred percent operate under the rookie contract for CJ Stroud? Four more years of that. Like let's go ahead and win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like Stroud yeah. looks every bit the part of a legitimate star. You already have studs at receiver. You have a good team. And if you're the Texans, it's just about like let's round it out and win it. Would yeah. you would you think it's nuts? I guess not. How crazy is the idea of the Texans being better than the Bills next year? I don't think it's that crazy. I don't think it should be considered crazy. I don't think it's that. Cra- I mean, I don't think I would pick it right now. But the the thing the Bills have over most teams, most teams is well, their quarterback is better and more talented, and Houston's right there. Right, if, like it was he, that good of a rookie year where you have to give Stroud that much credit. If he takes any sort of leap forward. Any sort, oh, man. then he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. He was, or I mean, I mean, no, I, th- I think so. That's right? probably it's probably right. It's, he it's, already was knocking on the door of that, wasn't he? Mahomes, Allen, Burrow. I mean, I would probably take Stroud over everyone else. I mean, he's already had a year statistically that very. I mean, forty one hundred yards, twenty three touchdowns, five picks, and he missed two games. That's. There's not much room to grow from that. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's maybe another step forward to Mahomes, Burrow, Allen tier, but that's it. Like he's already right behind that. I yeah. think. So I don't think it's that crazy. He just has to take some improvement. They've maybe got to make the line a little bit better and improve their defense. And they're right on. They're they're to me roster wise right on par with with these other teams right at the top. Yeah. It's the whole thing is, which is why you should not give them digs. No, that's right. That's right. You should probably just keep that guy. The, the whole thing is free agency here. I, I you know, I mentioned in the, these other teams are going to get players signed, but also, Joe, I looked at Matt Bowen had a piece top fifty free agents and their perfect fits. I just started to mention it. Yeah, I opened that piece yesterday and did Control F Bills, and they are not listed. They're just not even. Mentioned. They're not even in the game. Mm-hmm. They're not in the free agency game. They've got their restructures to do. Hopefully that happens kind of soon. And then I, I was looking yesterday to see the teams that were over the cap last year. What did they spend? And the Chargers last year, I think, were $20 million over the cap. Okay. And they massaged it all. And what did they add? The biggest contract they added was $7 million. Mm-hmm. So can the... Is that the neighborhood? Which is what? That's roughly what the bill... What was Leonard Floyd? Like nine? He was nine. Nine. Yeah. Which was the hot, the biggest contract they gave out for like on a year to year basis? That was the biggest one last year. Yeah, Poyer was under that extension. I thought are, Poyer might have been higher total, but that's why I said year to like the yeah, annual yeah. because a- average annual value. Yeah, because Floyd was only one year. Yeah, so, it, so, yeah. It, it's almost like a magic number. We should ask some of our guys that know the cap. Like, what's the what's the biggest number they can reasonably give out? Like, mm-hmm. if you put it this way, you're in an auction draft. You're coming down the final stretch here. You've got. $13 left and five spots to fill, you know the most you can spend is $7. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the number for the bills that's the most they can spend? Anytime we bring up an idea of, hey, you like this receiver as an idea, or you like this defensive lineman, you like this safety. Okay, uh, there's a safety out of Baltimore, Geno Stone, who just had a big, big three years on his rookie deal, seven picks. Like, or, yeah, seven picks is a seventh round pick, like, good player and a free agent. And I looked up his market value. It's at seven million. Mm-hmm. Can the Bills pay seven million? Is that the highest number they can pay, given their cap situation? Or I would imagine it's also somewhat you could massage it because you could, if they restructure everybody, they'll have more room, 
and they'd have a bigger price tag in 2025. If they restructure nobody, then they'll have more room in 2025 and maybe get healthier, but be stru- you know really strapped here. Cuts, you know, it, it's there's so many decisions to make, and we're kind of we're kind of flying blind. We are, they're not, on what they might be willing to do, and what that number is. But free agency, I, I would imagine free agency gets frustrating. The Texans load up. The Chiefs load up. The what? J- I don't think we worry about the division too much. The Bengals. It's not going to be Miami. Miami's down in the dumps with the Bills. That's right. For that's cap. right. Um, but some of these teams are going to. Here you go. You, you it's got, like you're playing a, a a card game and someone has eight turns in a row and the Bills have to just kind of sit here and wait. All right. In terms of there are 20 teams that are over the or that have cap space. They're under the cap going into free agency. And without giving you the exact, here, just go by team by team. The Colts are fifth. They have 66 million in cap space. The Bengals are sixth. They have 61 million in cap space. Now they have two receivers that are coming up. They'll have to give a lot of that to Higgins, I'm sure. The Texans have 61 million in space. The you mentioned the Lions are in there. That's another the other conference. The you're scrolling down. The Jaguars have 17 million in space. The Chiefs have 17 million in space. The Jets have seven million in space. Okay. And the Bills have negative... Negative 51. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Negative Negative 51. 51. Yeah. But your big hitters are Indy, Cincy, and Houston. Those are your big... Like, they can do lots of stuff. Yeah. Lots. And and for the Bengals, I think that's even after they would pay T. Higgins. They can franchise tag T. Higgins, and that's going to be, what, $21 million? Mm -hmm. That's... They got 40 left. Yeah, it's a lot. So, like, the Bengals are another team here. Kansas City's got 70 million more in space than the Bills do, but the Bengals are going to be right back at it if Burrow's healthy, and they've got a ton of stuff to do. Like, those are, would you, is it right to say the top four contenders for, to win the AFC going into next year are the Bills, the Bengals, and the Chiefs, and then Houston? I Yeah, I'd probably put them right in, right there. And three of those four teams are going to do some stuff in free agency, and the other one's the Bills. Yeah. It's going to be a stressful month, just based on yeah. that. Yeah, it's going to feel like you're getting past maybe by, well, at least one team. Yeah, and that's, well, that's why there's so much focus on this draft, right? That's why the wide receiver train and the need for defensive line and safety, I mean, like, people are going to be honed in on this draft because – for free agency, you you're not going to totally sit it out. We know that they're going to find their guys. They're going to get some bargain deals. They're going to try, but for any sort of big hit, like yeah, there's going to be maybe a day where holy cow, Houston added fill in the blank. We should uh, we we often forget this contract, and I forgot this contract too. The Bills did make one signing last year in free agency that was bigger than Leonard Floyd. Remember it? I don't. They signed someone to a three-year, $22 million contract. $22 million total. Connor McGovern. Connor McGovern. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's that was the biggest contract they could give out. That's three right. Three years, $22 million. That's right. You could, you could do deals like that where the first year is kept low and the other other years go high. That is basically what happened there. Right. His cap hit last year was only $4 million. Okay. But he signed a contract that was, what, like $7.5 million per year? Yeah. Total. And that, that was, you know, that's pretty big money for their offensive line. We knew right away that's a starter, starter salary. Like you signed that guy to, to play, yeah. So, so they filled in a hole. They, they got a starter out of that. It's going to be interesting. Eight hundred three hundred five fifty. Yeah. So Bills betting favorites to keep digs. ProFootballTalk.com. There you go. If you missed the start of the segment, <laughs> that's what launches us there. Holy cow! Chiefs and Texans. Whew. Chiefs are definitely talking receiver. That that's the other yeah. Thing. They're like, going to do it. Is the first round. Uh, a lot of mock drafts are 
Look at what the Bills did, and then look at what the Chiefs did. The Chiefs get Troy Franklin. Who's going to haunt our nightmares for the next 10 years? Just right? don't let the, don't let draft night come, and we're watching, we're watching, and there's receivers left on the board, and maybe you've got a guy that you want, and you know where the Bills pick at 28, and then you get that little alert a lot of, on the, the bottom ticker that says trade. <laughs> and my heart's going to stop hoping that that's not Oh, don't let Kansas City jump the Bills here to grab a wide receiver because that's going to make me lose a lot of sleep yeah. if that happens. Because they did that in the second round. Actually, have they done that twice to the Bills? They did that in the second round to get Sky Moore, mm-hmm. where they jumped the Bills to grab a second-year wide receiver. Which, looking back, doesn't look that troubling. No, but, but at no, the time, he's, like, he's, he's not was, great. He's an idea. But they went for it. And did they not do the same thing to get Trent McDuffie in front of the Bills? Yeah. Not the year to let that happen, in my opinion. To let the Chiefs jump in front of you to grab a guy at the position that you're also going to draft at. Well, 803-0550. Good morning, if you want to join us. Sabres picked up a win. They beat Montreal last night. You know, game's getting chippy, too. Yeah, it was. Got got nasty, got real chippy. That guy with the with the Wi-Fi last name was just hitting everybody that moved for uh, for Montreal. Yeah, the Wi-Fi guy. They actually Arbor call Jekka. They call Jekka, the, Jekka, yeah, they call him Wi-Fi yeah. because his name looks like a Wi-Fi password. Yes. And then yeah. Matheson, of course, was uh, getting a lot of attention yeah. after his hit on Benson. Yep. They they win the game where they got outshot, of course, not yep. the one where they got forty-seven. <laughs> right. Yeah. The overall attempts were wildly tilted towards Montreal at five on five, and they win a game. It is odd. The Sabers. They will spam the net and lose, and then if they get outshot lately mm-hmm. or outplayed, this is Minnesota that they maybe didn't deserve a win, but they got one. You know, you kind of just battle through it. One thing I'm, I, I got to look this up. I got to find this out. I was thinking about today. You know, sometimes the things to look up and think about come later. Last night you got Tuck Thompson and Skinner, and we've started. Mm-hmm. They're back again, right? That that group is back. They're they're playing together. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're playing together and. Overall, like shot generation, they were about even. They've had a they've had a battle this year. Those three to find their chemistry, and they also haven't played together. Skinner's been hurt. Talk's been hurt. Thompson's been hurt. Minutes, you could probably look this up. I also could too, but you might be better at it. Minutes together for that line this year versus last year. Mm-hmm. How many minutes did they play together last year? Talk Thompson and Skinner, because last year that line was one of the most fun lines in in the sport. Yeah, it was con. We talk about all these 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 Tage highlight reel goals, and I know them well because I watched the Buffalo Sabers goal highlight reel a hundred times in the summer, and it was so much Skinner Thompson talk. Minutes last year versus minutes this year because and that's injury and that's also breaking up that line. Like Granado has right. not has not gone to that line with regularity. The last couple games they're getting back to it. Maybe he's kept it apart because of the injuries and trying different things. Yeah, but they even when they've played together, it just hasn't looked hasn't looked the same. It as hasn't last looked year. smooth. It hasn't looked efficient. Yeah, last year, last year that line played five hundred and seventy nine minutes together. This is going to be five on five only. Yeah, which is I think actually right to do uh, five hundred seventy nine minutes. Those three played together this year. They're at one seventy six. That's unbelievable. Yeah, and there are games left. How many games are left? 30 25 25 so they might get to what 300 oh if that they might they might not 
Right. If they played every, if they played together the rest of the season, they might get to 300. And last year they were almost at, what did I just say? 579. 579. 579. Yep. How about expected goals? Or how many points did the three of them put up last year versus the three of them putting up this year? They scored, holy cow. Can this be right? I'm double checking real quick. It <laughs> seems so absurd that it would be this different. As you look this up, right. stat of the day is brought to you by. Let me just get that right in because it sounds like you're already setting us up All for right. what will be the stat of the day. I think it's going to be the stat of the day. Yeah. Stat All of right. the day brought to you by Seneca Gaming in Irving, home of the biggest bingo payouts and slot machines with thousands won daily. Last year at five on five, Thompson, Tuck, and Skinner as a line when they were out, all three of them were on the ice together. All three were on the ice. They scored forty-two goals. Okay. At five on five. This season, Thompson, Tuck, and Skinner, when all on the ice at the same time, have scored seven goals. Holy. All right. Wow. Your top line. So goals. Now, I'm just like triple checking my work. Yeah, I think that's one from all from natural statric. So, okay, then goals per 60, because 47 over 579 minutes versus six, you said? Seven. Seven. Over a hundred and man, it's it's about half the rate. It's it's probably half as much in terms of how often they've scored, yeah. and one third as much how often they've played together. So if you want to make the case that Granada has not been wrong to break them up, last year they had magic, and this year not so much. I mean, Tuck scores the game winner shorthanded last night, and Skinner scores as well. Like, you, you got to see it. You got to see a little bit of what those guys can do. And Thompson has been scoring lately. Those three guys have have. Been chipping in. I mean, for Skinner, it's his first goal in ten games. Yeah. Anyway, all right. I'm 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 excited <laughs> for you to type that out, tweet that I'm out, and I will right hit, now. The, hit the retweet button fast. Yeah. All right. Stat of the day. Out of the way early. Jeremy and Joe. Good morning. We'll talk a little Steelers today. We got a Steelers guest coming on at eight thirty to ask them if they're seriously going to stick with Kenny Pickett, and Mason Rudolph, or if maybe you know a candidate for a quarterback trade could be in the future for them. So that's coming up. Uh, of course, we'll recap the Sabres game. Get your highlights along the way. And, uh, you know, wide receiver idea of the day, instant trivia, all the good stuff. 803-0550 to join us. Jeremy and Joe on WGR. Across the line. Cousins, far circle, shot, rebound. Skinner scores! Jeff Skinner feasting in Montreal again, and he's tied the game at two. I thought UPL was great. PK was great. It's just one of those games where you had to kind of grind it out in the third. They had some chances. UPL played real well when we needed them, and guys made blocks when we needed them, and cleared the pucks when we needed them. Nice way to get a win. Jeff Skinner there after one of the moments of the game, the first moments of the game. The moments in life go forth to Firth. Luke in another win. Skinner scores. He has scored a lot against Montreal in his Sabres career. 16 goals in 17 games. And the Sabres win 3-2. Yep. to two. Joe said he saw Montreal fans happy about it, as they probably yeah. should be. They're, they are all in, I guess, on the Macklin-Celebrini uh, train. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, it helps to be more willing to be into a tank, I think, when you don't have a 13-year playoff drought. And also when you have 24 Stanley Cups. That's right. I mean... Montreal's playoff trot, how long does it go, though? If you don't count making it as the 24th team uh, out of 24 I, wait, teams. I, listen, I know they made it as the 24th team, but I'm not going to feel right about c- counting a year in which they played in the finals as a year of a drought. That's right. Um, but that year, right, they were 24th? 
They made it by one point over the Sabres. Yes. Uh, they have missed the playoffs. Two, year, two years in a row. That's it. It's not even close to a drought. Two. They made it in 2019-20. That's the COVID year? Okay. It would have been six of seven. Yeah. If COVID doesn't happen, it, we, this would have been six of seven for them missing. So it's not been a good stretch by any means. They haven't won a round since, yeah, since so 2015. It's been it, eight it, years. <laughs> we forgot about this. So in the year of COVID, when they did the play-in tournament qualifying rounds, yep. they lost in the second round of that. When Montreal made it was when they had the Canada division. It was just Canada. Remember that? The Sabres were in the same division. Oh, we forgot this year. Right. This is the year the Sabres were in the same division as the Rangers and the Islanders, and they played the Islanders a million times. That right. year, okay, okay. Montreal won. They beat the Leafs in the first round of the playoffs in seven games, and they went on to the cup final and lost to the Lightning. So it wasn't the bubble. Okay. It was the Canada division that they made it to the final. I'm glad you said because I've been walking around thinking that they that was the year they made the cup was the year they topped the Sabres by one point. Yeah. They I will say though, they weren't twenty fourth. They were eighteenth. Yeah. They were they were eighteenth. They weren't much better. But since the Sabres last playoff appearance, Montreal has made a postseason, played in those games, I think seven times. Yeah. Which is that's that's a One, lot. One, two, three, four, five, six times. That's a lot. Yeah. Jeremy and Joe, good morning. So I just uh, we just went through the Skinner Thompson Tuck line stats that they've gone from forty two goals last year in almost six hundred minutes to seven goals this year in one hundred and seventy six minutes. Want to guess it? Who the who has the most goals at five on five for a Sabers line this year? I just want to guess that it includes Paterka. It does include Paterka. Okay, I'll, I'll keep... The line that has scored the most goals... Paterka, for the Sabres Benson, Cousins? No. They've only scored, actually, three Okay, I, I still year. know who the other two... I know it's Paterka, not Quinn. He hasn't played enough. It's Paterka, Cousins, and Jack Quinn. Okay. Wow. How long did Jack Quinn play? Two weeks. <laughs> it felt like and 17 he, games. And that line is... the. He's a part of the line that has scored the most goals as a line. You know, on Paterka, it's amazing. Is you know we do this more often when the team is good. Like, who do you love to watch? Is Paterka the most fun saber to watch? Is Paterka? Yes. I don't. Yeah. Wanna, I he's go, overtaken Tage for that. I don't want to say is he the best player they have. Well, he's definitely not that. He's definitely not that. He is definitely fantastic. Yeah. But this is if we're doing silver linings on. Things that have come out of this year for the Sabres that are good. Maybe, you know, maybe if you look at Ryan Johnson, you think that. Lukanen, no doubt. But, man, Paterka is right at the top of the list for me. Paterka is a guy that is worth going to watch nightly. You're going to get everything you, you need. The other night against, in the game they lost to Anaheim, I, I guess you might want more finish. Against Anaheim, he in the first period, he should have had three goals. Like, he's a player that consistently generates buzz and scoring chances for them. I, this year, he's been my favorite player to watch, Paterka. He's and, got a little of that, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say it, does he not have a little of that uh, Max Finneganoff uh, element of he just grabs the puck and, and he's goes. going a million miles an hour right. and it's something something's going to happen? Uh, sure, I get a parallel there. Just a little bit on that level. Yeah, he's fast and he can he can skate and he can... And he's just going. Yeah. Every time he's got it, he's just going. He's fun to watch. Yeah. No, he's, I mean, what's he going to end up with? 25, 30 goals? He might get to 30 goals. He needs 11 goals in 25 games. He need to heat up a little bit here, but he's he's had stretches like that this season. 
He gets, he gets to 25. What's his next contract look like? How do the, the Sabres lock up another? I, I don't know. Like Again, like they just keep paying everybody? Right. This is where the middle set conversation comes again. You're going to pay him? I mean, Paterka's only 22. Might feel more... To make a distinction there, he's three years younger than Middlestat, four years younger than Middlestat. Like, I guess that would be... I think They're not going to pay both those guys, are they? Uh, who knows? I just... I don't know what the plan is with that, where you have all these guys that are... Yep, they're doing exactly what you want. Yeah, the re- you wanted Paterka to take a step, and there's no reason... There's nothing he's doing that would make you not want to pay him. It's just the group overall, like... It feels to me like the group doesn't deserve another contract extension. <laughs> the group doesn't. Well, Paterka doesn't need one. He's under contract next year as well, real cheap. But the extension after that, you know, you'll see if you get two twenty-five goal seasons. The most interesting question I think about the Sabers and their next contract has now become Lukanen. Lukanen is an RFA. He is twenty-four years old. He's having a tremendous year. He has developed into a serviceable goaltender, if not a very good goaltender. And the question is. If he plays at this level full time, that's a number one goalie. And when this this is the toughest part of this, ready? You ready to put your if you want to say analytics or your process to the test? What have the Sabers done every time a young player has shown them I'm good and you can count on this? They have locked that dude up for seven years or eight years. Mm-hmm. Thompson, Cousins, Samuelson, of course, Dalene, who had done it for longer than those guys had. But if the Sabers think Lukanen has become this then the contract, won't they be hunting for a bargain? Every time they sign these big, long deals, Samuelson's a great example. Samuelson's $4 million. Mm -hmm. At some point, they think that will be a good bargain for him because defensemen that play that many minutes, blah, 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 and the cap going up, blah, 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 all that stuff. Him locked in at that money, that doesn't look like a bargain right now so much as it looks like, okay, you know he's on your team. Mm -hmm. What's the number for Lukanen? I I don't even want to flirt with goalie contracts anymore. I have no idea how to do them. How, how would you how would you watch this run from Lukanen and decide? Yeah, that's worth six years. Is it worth three? Is it the Sabers have in their goaltending efforts gone bargain hunting with Carter Hutton's and Eric Comrie, and Lukanen's playing like it's he, he's he's good enough to commit money and term to, but you just might want to wait on that. Because it's a goalie. It's, it, it strikes me, Joe, as different than forward and defense. It It is. What Does it matter what they project still from Levi? Like, do they want to pay him, even if he's earned it, do they want to give him a seven-year contract when they still think that Levi's going to be their number one goaltender someday? Do they still think that? If you grow a number one goalie... This, this was the conversation about Hellebuck. Like, you can't bring Hellebuck in in front of uh, Levi, Levi or yeah. UC Saros. If you bring in a number one ahead of Levi, if you grow one in front of him, well, all right. You don't owe anything to Devin Levi. If Lukanen is a true number one, and let's say he's a, he's the 10th best goalie in the league, are you slow playing that on the belief that Devin Levi is going to develop into somebody above that? Because that does not seem like a good gamble. I mean, he, by the way, he is number one in the AHL now in save percentage on the season. Good. Um, and I've pointed out, like, his numbers this year are not that bad for, like, goals saved above expected. Like, he's about league average when he played. So, I don't know how much of it, but this this, this counts, though, I guess. How much of Levi being down there in the first place is that Lukanen has played like this? Most of it. Because otherwise, Levi would be up here, I think, on his own merit. Um I guess I think more about, though, like, roster flexibility more than I 
think about you owe it to Levi. It's if you think, hey, look, he's the best goalie in the AHL since he's been down there. His smart numbers are actually about average when he played in the NHL this year, and he's 22. So, all right, I still this is still on track. This is still going well. That's a very that's a good season from a 22 year old yeah. goalie prospect. That's a better development season than Lukanen ever had. Yep, leading up to this year. So we still think that's going to happen, and maybe it's going to take longer. It's not going to happen this year. What if it takes two, three years? Then okay, well now we feel more comfortable with Lukanen. But if you still think you're going to get to Levi eventually, why I guess lock Lukanen for seven years? I wouldn't do that at all. Like to me, that's just I, I don't I don't uh, think that makes a lot of sense. But three, four, he's twenty eight. That I think can yeah. yeah. But that that does get to like you could have in the first. That you're kind of lucky that Lukanen showed up and had this season. Oh, if Lukanen isn't having the season, they're they're in the bottom mm-hmm. five. They're in the bottom five. They're, and about, we, they're probably in the bottom three. And the whole year would have been about that you didn't pay a goalie. Yeah. You didn't bring in a goalie. Anyone. Somebody to come in and you've needed it for years and Lukanen bailed you out by having the season that he's having. When I I only want to give them so much credit for it. As I mentioned earlier in the week, like they kept him around and they deserve credit for that, not giving up on him in totality. But he was nowhere to be found at the end of last season. They yeah. were not playing him. They were playing Comrie over him. And then this year to start the year, they went Levi the first four, Comrie the next two. They didn't even get to trying Lucan in this season until the seventh game of the season. So Goalies, man, right? It's, yeah, vo- it's weird. It's, it's voodoo with goalies. Which so- is why I don't want to go nuts in just expecting him to be, oh, great number one next sure. year even, too, because well, there are a lot of goalies in the league that will even have Vesna-level seasons, and then the next year they're like bot, like one of the worst five goalies in the league. Yep. It happens a lot. I, it's my number one question to the Sabres, and I ask this to Granado, how many games until you decide that this is who Lukanen is? And it's I mean, not Granado indicated number. that he might be already getting there. And then I asked Chad D. Diminisis, expected Buffalo, I asked him yesterday, he said this time next year. If Luka still this this time next year, I like that answer. That, that, yep. then he's real. Yeah. Nick Suzuki of, of Montreal, after their game last night, said, quote, of the Sabres, they're a good team. they got a lot of good players. I think their spot in the standings doesn't really say what kind of team they are. That's Suzuki on the Sabres. Now, in postgame, crediting a team that beat you as being better than people think, mm-hmm. that's something the Sabres might do if they lost to Anaheim, right? Like, a bad team loses to a bad team. You have to say that mm-hmm. the other bad team is a good team. However, one of the themes of yesterday was when Chad DiDominicis came on, he is a piece up at expected Buffalo. It's not as bad as it seems. Like, the Sabres, in the standings, it's ugly. But if you, you know, cut down the tree and count the rings and take a look at it, or if you take a look at the autopsy... There's there's an indication you what you have is not that bad that they shouldn't be having this bad of a season. It's it's no doubt a bad season. Mm-hmm. But Chad's whole point is like you could still probably believe in the core. They have to fix the power play and, you know, get some of their scoring touch back, which they should get some of it back and maybe move on from some of their older guys and allow young players to come in. Basically, his take was the Sabres should not overreact. It's not as bad as it seems. And for what it's worth, here's Nick Suzuki to say something similar. I might chalk that up to you lost to a bad team at home and you've got to give them credit. But hey, pretty much. 8030550 up against the break. 1888552550. Josh grabbed something from Granado. He he's teased it for us 
something he thought was interesting from Granado last night. We'll play that when we return. Sabres beat the Canadiens 3-2. to Alex Tucker, short-handed goal, is uh, the game winner. Jeremy and Joe on WGR. You get on the road, you're just with your team. They're together all day long, and I think that does help. I think that helps their focus. I think it helps bring them in and dial in to a game. I mean, you know, we leave yesterday, and you, they know you're preparing for a game. Obviously, at home, there's so many other things going on for you, and everybody's separate. So I, I do like us on the road. I mean, we, we certainly look at it, we talk about it, but I, but I think that's the big one. I think you see the guys are spending the whole day together on the road, and, and you know you're preparing for a game the whole day, the day before on these trips. So it's just a different dynamic. Sabres head coach Don Granada. The Sabres are much better on the road than they are at home, especially of late. In this calendar year, yeah, twenty twenty four, they are six and one on the road and four and seven at home. Yeah, that's gonna have to change. They get to be bad at home every year. <laughs> like that, that's not that's not gonna work. It's not good. No, it's it's difficult. Um, you know, is there anything they can take from their road games? And routines than they implement at home? Nah. I don't know. I don't know. I think more about just, you know, more of a conversation about the atmosphere in the building and just all of it. If it's just a never-ending cycle, chicken and egg, whatever. Just they play well in other barns because it feels like the NHL. (laughs) That might be right. But I I just don't want to have even an instant of blaming the fans. No, like, right. No, no not, not that. Not, not that you are. Yeah, no. Not that you are. No no version of, well, what can fans do better? Fans have filled that building many times this year, and I think some of their biggest environments and biggest atmospheres that would have been the most NHL feel, they have laid eggs. Yep. 803-0550, good morning. Happy Thursday. This day in history, you know, good topic on this. This day in history might be an event that, brings is it your hottest take it might be my hottest take yeah it's possible i thought eli manning was horrible is that hotter eh, as a for a career this might be this is hotter no never mind this is yeah if i'm if we're on the right if we're on the same wavelength here i think this, what you're about to say is my hottest take we gotta think about what my hottest take is currently do you know what it might be? What is it? What's my hottest take right now? We'll get, you know what? Let's get a break. And get oh, on it's the absolutely episode. hot over medium wings. <laughs> 100%. A literal hot take. Yeah. 803-0550. This day in history, the genesis of Joe's hottest take. Josh, what's yours? Do you have one? I used to have to explain what a hot take is to Howard. In fact, you know what? I will take my hottest take, and I will even expand it further. Oh, all right. I will double down. I will triple down on oh, this man. hot take. We're going to get so many clicks for engagement off this. It's going to be awesome. 803-0550. We'll have a little fun with that. This day in history. Do you remember what it was? February 22nd. Iconic day. Iconic event. Whatever. If you were alive, even if you weren't, even if you weren't paying attention, you'll know the highlight. 
Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 44 years ago today. Miracle on Ice. The clip, the part of that clip, this is not the hot take, uh, that actually gets me more than do you believe in miracles. When Al Michaels says 11 seconds, there's something about the way he says 11 seconds. We're like, holy bleep, it's really going to happen. Yeah. That just gets me, it gives me chills every time. Miracle on Ice, 44 years ago. This day in history, by the way. Good morning, Jeremy and Joe. There are three big ones. Yeah. Because I teased this one, and these two in the break were like, what about this one? What about this one? It's the anniversary of the Miracle on Ice. It's also the 13-year anniversary of Terry Pagula's introductory presser. Mm -hmm. Pagula Day. Yeah. Starting today, the sole reason existence is the Stanley Cup. It's also the anniversary of the single greatest night in the KeyBank Center, then HSBC Arena, in my opinion, at least the one that I was at. I mean, game five against the Rangers is pretty good, too. <laughs> the Ottawa Brawl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the 17-year anniversary of that. Yep. 17 years. Man, I'm getting old. 17 years. 17 years. Right? I did the math on that right. 2007. Yeah, 07 to 24. Oh, yeah. The yeah. 06, 07 Sabres. And they play Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And Drury gets tagged by Neil. And that is 17 years ago. Mm-hmm. We'll have to play that clip a little bit later. Because that's it, a great highlight. It really is. It's amazing. And All of it. Is it? <laughs> it's like peak RJ, too. Well, it, I like, well there's, there's that. But I wanted to ask you, like, Ron Burgundy and Anchorman, and that is in no way pathetic. You know, <laughs> if we listen to it and get choked up, is that pathetic? 
No, it's no because it, it they're it, it's layered, right? It's that night is unbelievable. And at the same time, I'm brought to tears because I'm so sad about how the fact that we haven't been anything close to that. That's what I mean. I would be listening to it, and we, we will, of course. I'll listen to it and think about how much we loved that team, that time, that rivalry. Being in the building with a, with, with a crowd like that, like where that's your rival, your first versus second in the division, and oh, they're fighting. And now Lindy's going over the boards and just like, yeah. ah! No, I... That- I that's not pathetic at all. That's a time when, yeah, right, like you want to wax poetic and say the connection from the team to the city was uh, ironclad. Every night. Every night was an event. Every night was down to the arena. Who are you going to see? And that one against Ottawa, we had a couple of big nights against Ottawa. That wasn't the only one. Mm-hmm. When Ottawa came to town for a good year, of course, there's the playoff series the year before where the Ottawa Senators were more of the juggernaut and the Sabres took them down. And then the poetic justice of the following year, Ottawa taking the Sabres down mm. in the same round. In the same amount of games. In five games. Yeah. I would have just liked to, be, like, it's, it's again, like the sadness part of it. I just want to wake up the next morning and, like, look forward to going wherever. Like, that would have been, I mean, that for me, that's how long ago it was for me, it would have been middle school for me. Just... Like, the excitement of going into school that day to, like, just know everyone's going to be like, did you see what happened last night? I would like to see what Twitter would be like on a night like that. Oh. Man, imagine if we had Twitter for that game. It probably existed for, like, ten, ten people listening. Because it's been around for a long time. I don't, I don't know that far back. Not 17 years? Okay. I don't know about that. Man. Miracle on Ice, the Ottawa Brawl, mm-hmm. and Terry Pagula speech introducing the new owner of the Sabres. Yep. What's going to happen today? <laughs> what could be the biggest thing that happens today? But the Ottawa fight game, the other thing about it is, I don't know if I don't know if you really have to do this, Joe, the complicated relationship you might have with fighting in the NHL and cheap shots and mm-hmm. frontier justice. It's very possible that we have, not everybody, but some of us have felt a disconnect to that whole that's stupid because the Sabres really haven't had meaningful games. The one thing about hockey that's always been clear to me is with fighting and with cheap shots and with a night like that night against Ottawa 17 years ago, it's the only sport that makes you feel like you want to jump onto the playing field and fight also. <laughs> right? Yeah, you, you want to take part. You, you go to a Bills game and it gets dust, you know, things get fired up or there's a dust up between two players like oh look at this they're going after it maybe if there's a brawl in baseball it's wow cool look at this but in hockey the emotion in that building of a night like that where and and lindy of course in that moment is so perfectly representing what fans are feeling like you go after our captain drury gets hit in the head by a cheap shot artist who has his number retired. Oh, it's still, it's still by the unbelievable that, that Chris, like, we, we hated so many of those players on that team. Man, it's just, I don't really have a conflicting relationship where I think, oh, you know, fighting now and sending mm-hmm. guys out and sending Peters and Coletta over the, and Mayor over the boards. Oh, that's cheap. You find your coach. I don't, I don't really think about it in terms of what it would mean today. Mm-hmm. Because at that time, that was—I mean—that was a rivalry. It was all—it was what it was was organic on some level. Even though Lindy, yeah. even though Lindy created the moment by doing it, it was—it was very <laughs> right. much organic. Right. 
Like, all right, enough, enough of this. And then, of course, Marty fights Ray Emery and Peters fights Emery. And it's just, yep. There have been uglier brawls. The, the brawl itself mm-hmm. is not ugly. It really isn't. No, not really. Nobody gets lit up and dusted. And the guy actually got lit up the most. If you watch back, like, if you watch those videos far enough into, like, the replays, you see Mayor tagging Spezza. Like, while he's getting grabbed. But that's kind of off camera. Like, they're not really showing that. And yeah. even, like, Spets is fine after. So no one really got, like, you know, Claude Lemieux and the famous I, I was, uh, Red Wings and Avalanche brawl. That's what I was going to say. If you watch that, was it a 30 for 30? Yeah. Uh, it was like an E60. Sure. E60. If you yeah. watch that series about the Red Wings and the Avalanche, those brawls, they're, they're, they were oh, ugly. Lemieux, when McCarty gets, Darren McCarty gets Claude Lemieux, Lemieux's leaving the ice with, like, his face is, like, they got him bad. Yep. They got him bad. He got, like, kneed in the face into the boards. And if there's a single highlight of this brawl between the Sabres and Senators 17 years ago, isn't it Lindy and Brian Murray? That's the number one highlight. Sure, you know, Baran and Emery, a goalie fight, I can remember in the Peters moment. Peters and Emery. Peters and Emery, sure. Yeah, like, you've, yeah. got, you've got moments there, but the thing that being in the building that night, the thing that rem- that I think about the most is the... Of course, we we got to play the highlight. We'll play the whole thing, and we'll have to bleep out the swearing. Um, but the thing that that I remember is if you're in the building that night, which I am, and I can remember thinking like, "Oh my god, I'm going to see a goalie fight." Which where is, are you in the crowd again? I'm on the 100 level, and I'm I am in seats where I can look directly into the Sabers tunnel. Okay, across from the Sabers bench, yeah. I can look directly into the tunnel. I am standing on my seat. Something that has anybody done that in the last ten years? Stood on, on your seat? seat, but this was everybody trying to get up to see the. Go- you know, the, oh my god, I'm going to see a goalie fight. But the things, the swells of the crowd, it, it was like being in. I could only imagine like the Coliseum when gladiators are fighting. Mm-hmm. The swell in the crowd when everybody realizes that Lindy and Brian Murray are going at it. That to me is this the the sound of that. Mm-hmm. Well. Like get me choked up every time. Like holy cow! And yeah, we can talk about till we're blue in the face how much we miss that team and the way that that team played. But one of the things we probably really miss is that crowd. Imagine being a part of that again. Imagine if you could. How much would you pay? All right. How much would you pay for a virtual reality experience? You put a headset on and it's totally immersive, and they could take you back into that night and sit in that building and be a part of that crowd to really, truly feel that again. I don't know if I have enough money. <laughs> I don't know if well, I have enough. If I gave you the choice between that and, I don't know, like playing Augusta, maybe you'd play Augusta. But the point is, that feels ah. that feels so far away. That feels, it feels 17 years away. It feels, yeah, it feels like it's 50 years away. But it doesn't have to be. There, have been, there were great nights in that arena last year. And they just have to be competitive again, and I'm sure that everyone would welcome it back, of course. Mm-hmm. But man, the brawl. Well, you mentioned how like it's not really organic, though. Like last night, maybe that started to happen a little bit. But what are the best nights in the arena during the drought here? Like it's nights that, like to their own credit, like you know they they were deserving, and I think the Sabers did a great job of pulling them off. But like RJ night is that night, right? And 
You have what's a, what's another one where Miller Miller's night where they come back and they they win against the Islanders in overtime like and the crowd is full for Miller and everyone's energized because of that. You're really only getting, or, or you know, not only, but the big nights that are memorable. You're only getting because of nostalgia, right? Yeah, nostalgia is the only thing that's really, I think, keeping this this thing going. Right now, that keeps you believing that there's hope because you've seen it before. It's just been a really long time. Just reading some tweets about this. Baron traded three days later. Brandon pointing that out. Thank you. Is that right? Was that his last game then? They went to Ottawa two nights later. Everyone knows it's Colette. It was Coletta's first, first game. ever game. It was Coletta's first game. Yeah. MacArthur scored his first goal, I think. Yep, that's right. And the Sabres went in a shootout. Yeah. Also, Drew Stafford in that shootout had a great goal. One thing you might may or may not remember, I do randomly. The the game the next night was two days later, and I remember Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon saying the NHL should not allow the game to be played. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> because there'd be too much blood. Come on. There'd be too much retribution. They were going to fight too much. The NHL needs to step in and stop this game from happening. Uh, Marty did start that next Ottawa game, and then that was it. No. Jim in Wheatfield. Hey, Jim, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. I just had a real quick uh, movie, movie trivia point. Uh, you had mentioned about the, the anniversary of Miracle, and I watched a special on that movie, and they were interviewing Al Michaels, and he said when they kept trying to recreate the uh, that last part of it, they could never get the intensity and the emotion of it. So they ended up doing it, and it's funny, it happens right at the 11-second mark. When he says you have 11 seconds, if you have it turned up loud enough and listen close enough, it actually cuts to the actual last 10 seconds of the game because they just couldn't recreate the emotion. So he said they, they tried and tried. There's just no way they could do it. He wasn't happy with it. So that's what they decided to do. So if you watch the movie, like I said, when he says you have 11 seconds or 10 seconds, you can actually hear it from his voice to the audio clip from back then. This kind of a uh, little trivia thing to throw in there. Yeah, very. Uh, thanks, Jim. Thanks for adding that in. Very cool. I don't know the last time I watched Miracle. I've every year I would say on the anniversary I watch like the last minute, not even just like the last like ten seconds. I yeah. watch the last minute just because I like seeing the buildup of everyone realizing like holy bleep this is about to happen. I've been to Lake Placid since mm-hmm. seeing the movie. You know, knowing of course where it happened and driving by. The, the rink right there in downtown Lake Placid, if there is a downtown. Um, hmm. It also, we tease going to the break. It also is the source of your yes. hottest take. My hottest take that uh, that night <laughs> or day, was it even during the day? It was actually, wasn't it on tape delay? I believe it was on tape delay. It was on tape delay. Yeah. Okay. So the, you didn't have people on Twitter spoiling it. So whenever it aired is when it was going to air. Yeah. Uh, my hottest take. Okay. So this, the U.S. wins that game. I think it is the single worst thing to ever happen to USA Hockey. <laughs> like I said, hottest take you've got. It's the worst thing to ever happen to USA Hockey. Because forever after, not forever, maybe now it's different, but for 40 years after they win that game, then they're just looking for the toughest, hardest, the right players, right? He says it in the movie, Herb Brooks. I'm not looking for the best players. I'm looking for the right ones. That right there, that mentality ruined USA Hockey for 40 <laughs> years after. It's why that's the only gold medal they have. 
That and Bettman doesn't let them play. Uh, right. But that too. And I might want to even go a step further and oh, say... Oh, it's getting hotter. It's one of the worst things to ever happen in sports. Listen to this guy. Yeah? Because now forever people think it's the right players, not the best ones. No, it's the best ones. It's the best ones. It always has been. It is. Do I need to dig into shot attempts in the Soviet <laughs> Union versus U.S. game in 1980? You want to you coursey it is what you're saying? I want to expected goals. What were expected goals in that game? Like 8-1? to one? I actually don't know the answer to that question. I shouldn't guess. Somebody probably went back and charted it. Of course, there's the, you know, you played a backup goalie. For, right, like, for a period, yeah. yeah. Bad coaching on yeah. the Soviet uh, end of things. Yep. Yeah. He Hub- took uh, Trechiak out. Hubris. Yep. It's why they, uh, again, what's the last international tournament they would have had for this? There, there was an Olympics once where I think I really buckled down on this, where they left, if I remember right, the U.S. left Phil Kessel home. And this would have been like prime Phil Kessel. So what, like 40 goals scoring Phil Kessel? And they left him home in favor of, like, Justin Abdelkader. Just, like, fourth liner, you know, like, 15-goal guy. And they brought another, Brandon Dubinsky, maybe, because he was played, he used to play tough against Crosby. Just the most archaic way of thinking ever. Like, we're gonna out-muscle him. We're gonna leave this 40-goal scorer home because... We're, we're Look at the Olympics, you know, uh, 1980. How'd they win that one? The right players. Not the best ones, the right ones. Yeah. Hate it. It's the worst. What's my hottest take? I'm going to think about it for a while. Worst thing to ever happen in hockey. Yeah, it's hot. <laughs> Terrible. That's a spicy one. The general idea, though. Like, I, I get it. I know what you're, the, the case you're making, at least. If that never happens, you know, we might be a little bit further along as a sport, I think. They're getting there, though. I think the, the sport's getting smarter. Well, one thing that comes of that, or if you wanted to make a modern-day comparison, what if the Stanley Cup playoffs were single elimination? Not best of seven. Just single elimination. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Because, right. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a one-off. One game. You yep. win one game, and you you get to claim history. Like th- Think about this for, this for football versus the other sports. You win one game, and you get... It, it's your story, the whole history, mm-hmm. whatever happened. The Cowboys and Packers, the Cowboys this year, lose to the Packers in one game. Have a bad game. It's a bad day to have a bad day. Would the Cowboys have beaten them in a seven-game series? Well, of course, we'll never get to know, and that's just not the nature of the sport. But single elimination. I feel like it's harder. Maybe maybe this is this is not right, but... The guys that are treated in sports as the best ever that didn't win one. Where is that the most cruel? Is it football? Because it's all single elimination? So-and-so doesn't have a title. When LeBron didn't have a title, and you try to make the case he would never win, those are best of seven series, and sure, maybe his, his, his supporting cast weren't as good, but if I'm looking at the end of their careers, Dak Prescott never won a title versus... Like Russell Westbrook, I, I don't want to make direct comparisons. What I'm, you know what I'm getting at, though. Yep. Wh- which is more unfair, where it's a seven-game series or where it's a one-game series, in terms of judging it's a, when it's a seven-game series, judging yeah. the best on whether or not they are good enough to be considered great, because you know how, how it goes. Everything is about championships. 
Tecovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity, and I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tecovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade, handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tecovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tecovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tecovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Yeah. The, and <laughs> to think back on uh, Miracle on Ice again, like that, that's not, that's not going to be the Miracle on Ice if it's a three game series no. or if it's a five game series or anything of the sort. Yeah. We, it's a kind of an inexact measurement. This is kind of a college football thing too, isn't it? Like that's even maybe more so I've heard this discussion on that in recent days because they just re-announced the, yeah. like, what the 12 team format's going to be. And that one's even less exact because that's only two games, and it's the subjective part of it, too. So there are some teams you're not even going to have to play. You know, like, does Michigan still win the national championship if they have to play Georgia in a different type of format? Yeah. Like, a lot of it really is arbitrary. It's introducing randomness. Yeah. When you go for more rounds and single eliminations, it introduces randomness. Yeah. Anyway, 803-0550. John and Marilla, a reply to Joe's hot take. Hey, hey, John, good morning. Yeah, hey, guys. Uh, Joe, you're completely off base <laughs> on your hot take. Because you weren't even born back then, so you probably don't know that there were a bunch of teenage kids playing against grown men, grown NHLers, some of the best players in the world. You couldn't have 19 Sam Bensons going against these guys because they would not be able to physically compete. So Herb Brooks knew exactly what he was doing with the guys that he was picking. He was picking guys that would be able to stand up to grown men physically and mentally. And he was a a tremendous coach. He he knew exactly what he was doing, and he did it. Period. So he picked the biggest players, kind of, in that sense. The most mature ones. They did, by the way, they did, by the way, they got they got the out 
The shot attempts in that game were 46 to 21. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Did he pick the did he just have the did he get the most mature mental players or well, did their goalie just have it a great game? Your how much of your your take here is not necessarily about the job Herb Brooks did. It's more the takeaway from it. That's more of it. That's, That's more of what you're of, of, of what this this yeah this he, belief system you've you've built around. Because I understand the spot he he only had to pick from college players. Yeah, when they were about to go play right thirty year old Soviet superstars. I get I get it, but right no, it's way more for me about what the lesson got taken away from that game for the next three decades by the sports world and especially hockey. Well, hockey's got a lot of this built in and. Without necessarily agreeing with your take, remember when Latvia almost beat Canada? Yes, yeah. It was like, what a great coaching job. the last jo- Olympics what, we cared about. What, what yeah. a great coaching job. Like, well, the goalie made like 50 saves. <laughs> uh, you know, right. you got absolutely right. dominated, and the goalie made a bunch of saves. So, hey, the coach did a great job with that team. They, they believed. You know, hey, it is what it is. 803-0550, Your hottest take. Um, all right, what's coming up on the show? We've got more Sabres breakdown from last night. Uh, we've got a Pittsburgh guest. We've got to play the brawl for you. We've got to play the brawl. Wide receiver idea of the day. You know what? Let's do that next. i got a wide receiver idea of the all day right. for you. Sal has been, I want to say, hinting at a potential possibility of a mm-hmm. wide receiver idea. And I want to run it by it. The wide receiver idea of the day next. If you want to give a call on... The Brawl or the Miracle on Ice, you can do that as well. Jeremy and Joe here on WGR. You need to create explosive plays. All aboard! All right, Sabres get a win, 3-2 over Montreal. If you want to throw a thought our way, we're happy to have it. But did promise the wide receiver idea of the day talked a little bit about uh, free agency and how the uh, the Bills might feel like a, a person sitting out while some of these other teams are spending lots of money. Maybe that's for the best, you know? Sometimes you sign bad deals. Yeah. Hey, can't sign bad deals if you can't sign any deals. Hmm? How about that? Silver lining on free agency for the Bills. They'll sign some. Jeremy and Joe, good morning. It's uh, Thursday. It's the anniversary of the Miracle on Ice, anniversary of the Ottawa Brawl, anniversary of Terry Pagula's introductory press conference. But we've got the wide receiver idea of the day. Teased it. I'm going to do it here. So I had somebody write me this as an email, too. Well, and by the way, if you wanted to have a wide receiver idea of the day discussed, just send it our way. We've gotten suggestions along the way for Marquise Brown. I've got mm-hmm. one in the hopper to trade for Devonta Smith. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that. There's that really? Yeah. Ooh. Trade for Jerry Judy. Like, you know, there's, there's, there's yeah. lots of ideas out there. Here's one that's still... Whatever, it's the closest one to the Bills, and we don't get into it that much. But I mentioned Sal's been teasing this idea that the Bills are very much still in contact with Gabe Davis. So, wide receiver idea of the day, Gabe Davis comes back on a cheap deal. I would be rooting very hard against that in... Mostly because I would be very afraid of the role that he is going to play and how that is going to impact future decision making. Like, I think I heard you say the other day, like, if that came with, like, they still have to draft a rookie. Yeah, for sure. They would still have to draft a rookie. 
This is where, to me, I if they sign Gabe Davis, I might question how much they would really be motivated to do that. Because, all right, let's say they figure out the money with Gabe Davis. He gets some sense of what his market's going to be, and the Bills find the Leonard Floyd money amount of money, the Connor McGovern amount of money, and they think, okay, well, we can offer you three years at $7.5 million. We found this. To me, what I would hope and what I would question is true is there would still be a hurdle to jump over, which would be Brandon Bean going to Gabriel Davis and saying, okay, so we've got the money figured out, but here's what I need, I need you to sign off on to get this done. Are you going to be okay with being benched if it happens? Are you going to be okay being benched? Getting fewer snaps. Yeah, but even outright benched. If they draft, like, we're, we might draft a first-round rookie receiver. And if that guy comes in and is great, if he's Jefferson, if he's Ayuk, if he's Pittman, if he's any of these guys, like, you don't have a spot out here. You, you're not really playing. You play 90-plus percent of the snaps in past years. You're, to me... This is what I would need Gabriel Davis to sign off on. Beyond the money, you need to sign off on your role being what it was in your first two seasons. Yeah. You're getting paid a lot more for it. You're getting paid more for it, but you're you're a role player. You're a you're not even a starter anymore. Yeah. To me, if things go well, if things go well, you are not a starter on this football team. One of the things that's interesting about Davis's spot right here is, you know, is his agent. They they, they put out highlight videos. They put out very very specifically. The numbers, yeah, yeah. I mean, cherry picked might be aggressive. I mean, they're there. I mean, like, they're real stats. Y- yes, that's not... right. But they're they're odd stats. Some of them are a little bit weird. Like, Some of them, yeah. Hey, look at the most catches for the twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty two playoff seasons. Like, well, yeah, two hundred yards of that was in one game, and that game does count. Some of them are like legit, like explosive reception rate. Is yeah, that... and first down rate. There's there's a lot there. Yeah, yeah. What I wonder about with Davis is. Let's let's look at the, the the body of work of Bean and McDermott and players that leave. How many players have left? You've known they're good when they leave, and then they blossom. And the mm-hmm. reason I put that specific phrase on it is, if I told you, or if I asked you to say, like, who's the player they regret letting leave the most? You might say Wyatt Teller. Right, Wyatt Probably, Teller yeah. became one of the best guards in football, yeah. but there was no indication he was good before that. Right. It's not like they said, yeah, we just can't afford you, and then he blossomed. It, it, was, mm-hmm. it was more of a miss or more of a, he didn't show anything. If you think about other guys to leave, like Jordan Phillips, I, I think Jordan Phillips is actually a great Gabe comparison. Jordan Phillips in this defense had nine and a half sacks, Yep, and the Bills let him walk. Yeah, cause he, he, got, he got like a real contract. Yes, he did. Yeah. The Bills let him walk. Like, yeah, good player. Had a good year here. Nine and a half sacks, but we don't think that he's that kind of player. I, I mentioned like give Gabe the Connor McGovern contract, which was what three years, twenty two million. I mentioned Phillips got three years, thirty million from the Cardinals, and there was no way the Bills were going to do that. And how long did he last in Arizona? Three years, thirty million. Uh, two, play, years. two years. Two years. He's out, and he comes back to Buffalo, and he's playing on pennies for the dollar. Comparatively, he still got paid decently, but. To me, if you look at the Bills players, when they let Beasley walk, what did Beasley do? He disappeared. It was over. Yep. Now, with Davis, they're not betting on his age. With Davis walking, they probably would like to keep him, but just from a money standpoint, they can't unless it comes in at the right number. If you were to tell me they brought Davis back on a you know, $7 million, one year, $7 million, like see, see if the market is better for you next year. Which, by the way, 
If you're a wide receiver and you're playing the game and you're Gabe Davis, I haven't looked at who next year's receivers are. But of all the years to be the 12th best free agent wide receiver hitting the market, this is the worst year to do it. Mm -hmm. The guys in front of you are kings. And the draft class is the draft class is completely loaded. Mm-hmm. So if I need a receiver, I've got a lot of ideas. And Davis, I maybe somebody signs him the first day of free agency. Maybe he waits till after the draft because yeah. you have so many different options. So the idea of the Bills bringing him back to me, it's not the worst thing in the world. I would still, of course, want another one. It would have to be cheap. And I wonder just if Davis would want a short-term deal with, again, if you sign him to $7 million, He's made four total in his career. I would, yeah, I know. That that would be, though, ultra terror. Even if they drafted a guy, it would be, it would remind me of, like, the Sabres bringing back Kyle Poso this year. Like, what am I really doing? I'm taking up a spot that probably should go to a younger player that, and, and I'm doing it, why? I'm going to have pressure to play him because he's a captain and he's the hardest working guy on the team and they love his DNA and they love his makeup. All of these things terrify me about him being on the roster in that role with that respect from the players, the quarterback, the organization. Allen retweeted his stuff the other day when he tweeted it out. I would be terrified of what happens if the rookie's great. What happened? I mean, I would like to believe he'll just be on the field, but I think there'd be some pressure to play Gabe Davis, even if it's on a one-year contract, because of what he means to the guys in that locker room, the coaching staff, and the team. So, to me, I think if he's here, what's likely happening is he's blocking the development of my of my first round or second round receiver. People, it's funny you say that because people said that about Emmanuel Sanders. Like, why have Sanders? You have Davis. Davis is ready. Right, and that Davis yeah. was blocked out by Emmanuel Sanders. Turned out though that that was a good idea for him to to block out Davis for a little while. Yeah, but do you remember when Davis finally got going that year? It's when Sanders got hurt. Like what? If maybe I, maybe I should just bet or just give them enough credit to say, you know, Davis playing the way he did, they would have got to him playing the way he did by the end of the season, no matter what. But he didn't really get on the field a lot until Sanders got injured, and I think that. That that kind of matters here. I mean, the Davis being my number four receiver, I, I'm in a vacuum. I'm okay with that, but I don't like what it sounds like that would mean if he's back on the team next year. Like I just trying to picture how that goes, how they treat having him in the building, and the rookie shows up and is really awesome. I don't want to be too afraid of that. If the rookie's yeah. awesome, the rookie's awesome, and I think I'm in a pretty good spot, but. I would be afraid about how much they'd want to give that rookie a role. 803-0550. There's your wide receiver idea of the day. Is Gabe Davis back on a smaller deal. We'll see what happens with him. Other player movement odds. We got an email about like next team likelihood. Yep. This is where we used to live, where running backs are, hey, so-and-so is most likely to go to the Bills. I did see a big-name running back where the Bills are kind of high on the list. Oh, we're back, to, we're back to doing this? Not quite. It's not quite, oh, Derrick Henry. They're the number one team for Derrick Henry. Yeah. Or Jacobs or Barkley. ESPN yesterday, I think it was, was it Dan Graziano? Somebody put Barkley on the bills. Oh, Barkley, yeah. yeah I saw not that. that. Yep. Let me give you an old name for this. Now we're about to running back, running back idea of the day. Kamara. Yeah. Alvin Kamara. He's 28, mm-hmm. right? He's on the... 
He's uh, he's one of those, whenever you read an article about potential cap cut casualties uh, this offseason, he's always on that list. Right, they are a billion dollars over the cap. And he's got a big salary. Yeah. yeah. Kamara, how do you like it? As a receiving back, is he not the pass-catching back, maybe in his prime, that they've always wanted? And if you don't trust James Cook for being your pass-catching back, I mean, Kamara is the veteran he's, pass catcher. He's yeah, he's but he's like an all around guy too. Like he's, but you probably would want to put that load on him this year. His carries. I mean, last year he had 180 carries. The, the previous two seasons he went over 200. Yeah, man, he had one of the least efficient receiving seasons though, ever. Like it was nuts. He ended the year. I mean, maybe this is more a Saints number I, I, than than him because he had he had seventy five catches, seventy five catches for four hundred and sixty six yards. Yeah, he had a game. The first it was it was a it was like a fantasy revelation, uh, or it was like a hotly debated thing at the time, like PPR versus standard. Like what's it, right? It, it like ten catches for twelve yards he, or something. He, it was a record. Week four, he had thirteen catches for thirty three yards. <laughs> right. 13 catches for 33 yards, and he had a couple more, uh, not that extreme, but he had other numbers like that throughout the season. So, But isn't that most likely a Derek Carr stat? Yeah, probably. Or the Saints offense stat? The, the, probably. To me, the takeaway is, I'm not telling you that Kamara is a, you know, a big money signing the Bills should make, but if he is a cap casualty, I saw the, you know, on next team, the Bills are pretty high up, and to me, I could see it making sense. He's a pass catching running back mm-hmm. who catch it. Obviously, he's been a great pass catcher his entire career, and you wouldn't even be asking him to be. I mean, there's no way to get 75 catches. You might be looking no. for 22. Well, my my thought on what they really will need at running back, they'll need like that hammer back, right? Which could just be Ty Johnson again, uh, short yard stuff, and like you know, just a spell to James Cook. The most vacated snaps that they're going to have at the running back position next year are third down snaps. The, the Latavius Murray snaps. Yeah. He was in there because he was the only one they trusted to block, and then that often resulted in him being thrown the football. And that did not go well. Which but, is like every time he caught the football. Wasn't it how is Latavius Murray the guy catching the football right now? Mm-hmm. Well, why he was is because you didn't have a pass-catching running back you trusted on third downs. James Cook can't block enough to play on third downs, I guess. So wouldn't Kamara be that? He'd at least be that. He might be more. Maybe he could be your thumper on top of it because he's actually been a good goal line back in the past. So if you can get him cheap, I'm not like hateful of this idea because I think he replaces. He he's taking all those Latavius Murray snaps on third down next year, and I I would feel okay about that. With it, Cook still being the number one though, yeah. I think I'd help. Eight oh three oh five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. If you'd like to join us and uh, jump in. Justin Fields, funny story about Justin Fields. He unfollowed the Bears on Instagram, and he was flat out asked about it on that Amon St. Brown podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a really funny video because when you see him actually addressing it, mm-hmm. why, why, why does anybody care? It's so stupid. He's, he basically said, I decided to unfollow a lot of NFL stuff, kind of clean my timeline. I, just, I don't need to be seeing this, which I think is a totally fair answer. Also, what you would say though, if you unfollowed them because you want out, right? Sure, right? might be. Should he want out? Probably. Should he want out? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. They're about to have a good team around him. They, they kind of. He might. Re- yeah, he might not want out because they. 
they let, let's let's put it this way: if they were to trade out of that pick, they're already are starting to build around him, and then they would have what like a bazillion more picks. They have a lot. The mock the mock trades for that are fun. For the what trading up to one? Yeah, what they could get. It, it's the kind of the mock trades on what they could get, what they could ask for. It would make your dynasty fantasy football heart jealous to have this many <laughs> future ones and twos. Uh-huh. Warms the heart of a fantasy dynasty player. Eight hundred three hundred five fifty. The latest report on the Eagles' downfall is probably one of the funniest things that's ever been suggested, and we just have to stop believing what NFL teams try to tell us. That's next. Okay, the number is 716-2214-WGR. Callers 5 and 6 win a pair of tickets to see Kenny Chesney at Darien Lake June 27. Tickets go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster.com. Tickets courtesy of Live Nation. Callers 5 and 6 to win a pair of tickets to see Kenny Chesney. Call 2214-WGR. Do not call our normal line. I mean, you can to talk to us, but that's not how to win the contest. Jeremy and Joe, good morning. Happy Thursday. Tease the break. There's a story out of Philadelphia that is funny. I mean, I, I don't know how you wouldn't say it's anything other than funny. A report out of Philadelphia, Derek Gunn, longtime Eagles reporter, mm-hmm. says the banishment of Eagles security chief Dom DeSandro from the sidelines, this happened during the Eagles-Niners game. Yep. Dre Greenlaw got into it with the Eagles security chief, and he got kicked out of the game. Mm-hmm. And he was banned from the sidelines. So did Dre Greenlaw, by the right, way. Right, which was ridiculous. But Dom DeSandro was banned for the sidelines for the rest of the season. And according to Derek Gunn, reporting on the Eagles, that banishment was a problem. Gunn posted, he tweeted, that Big Dom, his job is to control Sirianni emotions on the sideline, and in his absence, Nick gets in numerous arguments with players and coaches during games. The Eagles went into a free fall after his suspension, which lasted the rest of the regular season. They only won one more game on Christmas over the Giants. Sirianni admitted he was too tense during that game. The Eagles then lost in the wild card round 32-9. to So his... The the suggested the explanation for the Eagles' downfall here. is their security chief was no longer on the sidelines. Big, big Dom got uh, got. T- Mike Florio writes: If accurate, the Eagles should rebound when twenty twenty four rolls around with the, <laughs> with the Sandro back on the job. Come on, <laughs> that that's even worse. They should rebound. My takeaway would be if your head coach. And him doing his job is predicated on Dom being on the sidelines. Then you need a new head coach. It's pretty wild. They did fire the rest of the coaching staff after the season. They did yeah. the OC. They fired the defensive coordinator. They made yep. a change at defensive coordinator from coordinator from Sean Desai to Matt Patricia. Yep. Turns out it was none of that, Joe. It was that big no, Dom. Dom. Dom was not on the sidelines. That's one of the worst excuses for a season not going the way it should have I've ever heard in my entire life. Yep. That the security chief, who, by the way, deserved to be banned. He, like, he, he got started a fight with a player. It. He started a fight with a player. You got what you deserved. Suspended for the season. 803 I've got a stat of the day for you. Second stat of the day. We went early on, but this this is the one I had planned to get to. One one little thing for NFL offseason stuff is rule changes. You know, we're talking a lot about free agency and the combines next week, but rule changes. 
the NFL's kickoff and uh, touchback percentage. So this past year, 2023, mm-hmm. in 2013, you had touchbacks on 50% of kicks. Mm-hmm. This last year, it was 77%. Okay. 77% of kicks won as touchbacks. How much of that is because of the fair catch? Well, probably a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because that this is the first year that it's, you had yeah, that. Yeah, the, the kickers yeah. aren't different. It's 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 the rules, and yeah. it's the accepting of a fair catch. I wonder if the NFL is happy about that, if we see more tweaking of that. We know they're going to talk about the tush-push. We know they're going to talk about fumbling into the end zone. Goodell did say he wanted to keep kickoffs... In around and he said something along those lines, didn't he? I think there's a good point to be made about. Do you miss kickoff returns? Sure, but how much do you actually miss them? You don't notice it. The game is fine. You're there to see quarterbacks play. Anyway, it's Saturday, seventy-seven percent of kickoffs went for touchbacks. Saturday, brought to you by Seneca Gaming in Irving. Earn entries in the game room now through March thirtieth for a chance to win a brand new twenty twenty-four Ford Bronco. Jeremy and Joe on a Thursday morning. Temperatures, uh, you know. Nice, decent, going to hang around the 40s today and get chillier through the week. So plan accordingly. Winter is uh, not quite not quite gone, although the next, last couple of days were pretty nice. When we get back, we'll relive a few of those moments of the Ottawa Brawl just because, you know, it's good to feel alive every once in a while regarding the hockey team. They did win last night, 3-2 over the Montreal Canadiens as well. And, uh, yeah, nice to get a win. Well, so Montreal's happy too, though. Everyone's happy. Everybody's happy. Good. Good to see Alex Tuck scored. Good to see Skinner score for the first time in 10 games. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. 8.30, we'll talk with uh, Pittsburgh, locked on Steelers guy, talk about their plans at quarterback and uh, what the Steelers are doing going forward as well. So stay tuned. That's all coming up next hour here on WGR. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Elle King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. away a little bit but Rasmus Dahlin trying to bail him out and Suzuki with wow, a one-handed attempt on Uko Pekalukan who made the save win for the Sabres over the Montreal Canadiens a special teams goal shorthanded Alex Tuck gets the winner next up for the Sabres they'll play the Columbus Blue Jackets as we roll towards the uh, trade deadline which comes up March 8th Jeremy and Joe with you on a Thursday morning. Hello. Hi. How are you? Trade deadline is two weeks from tomorrow. Okay. It's a Friday. Friday deadline. All right. Good. Right? Into the weekend and don't have to be, you know, deflated the next morning when we don't really get much, probably, on another trade deadline. Yeah, but I think that can that that, that just tends to be the sport now. The deadline yeah. feels like it used to be really exciting and then it's drifted a bit. Or it'll you'll get some trades, but they'll happen like days before a lot now. Where yeah. like the three days leading up, you're gonna get like a dozen trades and you might care about four of them. But on deadline day itself, like there's there's not a lot going on. It also feels like the NFL trade deadline has surpassed the NHL trade deadline. For the yeah. the yeah. caliber of player that's gonna get moved and teams willing to spend stuff. I read an article yesterday that it, who is it? Maybe Colorado. I forget which team. Some team's looking for a top nine forward. Mm-hmm. And the article was all about how that's so expensive, you probably can't get one. Okay. A top nine <laughs> a forward? A top nine forward is too expensive. What's a top nine? Is that like that's Jordan, Jordan Greenway? Greenway? Yeah. There's not a Jordan Gre- That's That can't be right. There's a Jordan Greenway out there. You would think. Anyway, that's the story on uh, the NHL trade, trade deadline two weeks from tomorrow. Quick name to add. Into the uh, wide receiver train car, I suppose. Mm-hmm. We got a new name. You have a new name. I have one that's probably not a new name, but I just saw it referenced. So I've got another name. There's, uh, I guess, speculation that Mike Williams will be cut loose by the Chargers. They would save $20 million in cap by cutting him. His cap this year is $32 million, And if they cut him, they get 12 in dead cap. So if you are yeah. Jim Harbaugh, and the Chargers, do you want to restructure, extend? Mike Williams. Okay, so what do you know about Mike Williams? What do you think about Mike Williams? He missed 13 games this year. I was going to say injuries is like the first thing. Right? Injuries. Didn't Brandon Staley get him injured before their playoff game against the, the yes. Jaguars? A meaning, yes. meaningless game to end the season. They got Mike Williams injured before the playoffs. Yep, I remember that. So he has injury issues. What I think about Mike Williams is he's a little bit maybe a lot of it he's not perfect is he perfect for what the bills need no the injuries would worry me he's banged up a lot he's a better version of gabe davis he's better at contested catches he's, he's yeah that's the thing he's a big target mosses guys on the sideline on vertical shots receiver who sometimes does other stuff but yeah i think he's best known for size and winning 50-50s being a contested catch guy. Yeah. 
I'd be really worried after all the injuries and what is he now, 30 years old, or he's got to be close to it at the very least, that that guy's going to have any ability to get open and his next team or his next contract. Yeah, he's not I'm reading. He's not that in the first place. No, I'm reading Matt Harmon's reception perception profile, and he refers to him as an average separator. So okay. an average separator, good size, wins at the point of attack a lot, the catch point, whatever. Yep. He wins that a lot. Yeah, he... His last full season two years ago, his contested catch rate was 58%, which was 11th best in the NFL. That is one area where he really is different, I think, from Davis. Did Davis really ever show in that way? Like, his body type would suggest that, but how often... I mean, Williams makes... Like, who's the guy now for this? The guy now for this is George Pickens, where... Go look up like some of the best catches of the year where there's a guy just out jumping the other one. It's almost like a dunk highlight. And that's George Pickens. That's Ben Mike Williams, I think, for uh for a long time. Davis last year, I just mentioned what was uh Williams, fifty four percent contested catch rate. Last year Gabe Davis was at thirty five percent. And that was sixty second in the league. Yeah. So there's a there's a big gap there in that one skill set uh between the two. That is one skill set I'm not thinking about at all. I'm not really either. I said I said to you last week, I know he's not the same thing, but I thought the best plays Dalton Kincaid made all year where he was just catching a, a ball over top of a guy because he's got those hands and he's got that frame. He's not going to jump 10 feet into the air like a Mike Williams is, but I don't know how much they really need that. I think the Bills tried to get that when Allen was their quarterback as a rookie, and I thought they made the smart decision to lean away from your big body Calvin Benjamin, Andre Holmes guys, and they went for small, and they went for separators, guys that are just open where, hey, your quarterback doesn't have to make a perfect pass anymore because he's open by four yards. You can actually even throw it a little bit behind him, and it still might work out for you where when I think maybe I'm you said average separator. I, I guess that's better than I even thought he would have been because when I think of Mike Williams, it's, that pass better be perfect and over top of that corner, and yeah. then he'll make a great catch. Right, because there's not a lot of separation. The thing about him that's different from Davis maybe is short yardage stuff. Like, I'm watching a full 14 minutes of all of his catches from two years ago because, again, he missed a lot of the season last year. And there's a lot of short stuff, which Gabe doesn't really do. No. We, you know, we, we, had, we, we heard the, about it. We had that one camp. game against Tampa where Davis got 8 for 97. And most other games for Davis – you know, the average depth of target is much, much deeper. For Mike Williams, he'll go down the field, and a lot of it's over the – but he does have a lot of short stuff. It's almost like watching Mike Williams, you think you might be watching a tight end, like a really athletic tight end. Think of him as a tight end? Think of him as a tight end. <laughs> think of him you know, as like, a tight end. We're going to go the other way on that now? It's just – to me, that's what he looks like. He's just, he's just big and strong. If you want a big, strong receiver, like this is an idea, I don't know what his market value would be. The injury, the age – Mm-hmm. It's it can't I- be that high, right? Injuries are a thing. I think like maybe like a one or a two year deal. How often are those receivers getting those one year prove it deals well, now where they get a healthy number? I mean, there's been at least one in back to back years because it was Beckham last year and the year say, before that it was Juju. I was gonna say Beckham. Like Beckham got fifteen. Yeah. And the year before I think Juju got like eleven from the Chiefs on and a one year deal. Yeah. Off an injury. Yeah. Yep. And Mike Williams has probably never been as good as Beckham was at his peak, and even Juju at his peak. Juju Smith-Schuster with the Steelers was awesome. Yeah. Williams has been... He's put up some numbers. He has. He has. I'd be curious about it. I might like the idea even a little bit better than Davis. 
but I, it's the same thing. I feel like I'm blocking the better idea if I if I go do that. Yeah. I mean, here's one back shoulder throw catch on the sideline. Like, there's just there seem to be ball skills here that maybe aren't. You know, Davis is not quite up on this. Yep. I bet they cut him though. If that's the math on it. Oh, twenty million. That they, they will get a. I think a more useful player for twenty million dollars than the, Mike Williams is a fine player. But right, like they've already spent thirteen. The way I think of the dead cap, so the, thirty-two million is the cap hit, and nineteen million is what they'd save. Okay, you've already spent thirteen of that. Now your decision is: Do you want Mike Williams? Or do you want nineteen million dollars in cap room? And I would think I could get a better player or a more useful player for nineteen million dollars. Yep, maybe it's a restructure, but you know, twenty million is twenty million. The other guy on a very a much a less serious note: Tyreek Hill is uh, chirping at people that are suggesting that the Dolphins should trade Jalen Waddle. Waddle needs a contract. There's a report yesterday that they're prioritizing Christian Wilkins. They don't have to pay Waddle, I don't think, right now. Um, but Hill was going back and forth with some fans on that. And mostly I think it was the idea they should trade him. Here was the hypothetical. I think it was from a Dolphins reporter, but not like a report. It was a trade hypothetical. That the Dolphins would trade Jalen Waddle to the Chiefs for Trent McDuffie. <laughs> Straight up. One for one. Man, Waddle with Mahomes. No, thank you. That'd be that'd be that would, I would no. I, thank I would you. like to say no, thank you to that. Right? Yes. Yep. Okay. What if we get any good trades? Devontae Adams' name is coming up a lot in trades. I saw today they discussed if he's going to go to the Jets. Should the Jets trade for Devontae Adams? Reunite mm-hmm. him and Rogers. Is that mostly because he went there to play with Derek Carr? They made him play with Jimmy Garoppolo for a year, and now what? They're they're kind of stuck, maybe, uh, maybe maybe not. Maybe they go pay Kirk Cousins. Um, yeah, like what are the Raiders going to be? They're going to be the the mid first round as a rookie. Like maybe they get the fifth or the fourth quarterback off the board in the first round. Which if I'm Adams, I don't I don't know if I want to do that. Adams' dead cap on the for the Raiders is yep. forty million dollars. Wow. Is that if they trade him or if they I'll, cut him? Let me pull that up. But that's just looking that's, at it. That's a, that's yeah. Forty million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. That's the that's the whole thing. It's more. I'm sure it's more it than is more. What, it's it, more than it, what it would cost than, to have him. Right. And you wonder if there's gonna be spots where teams would do, all right, we'll pick up this or this or this. Um Yep. I mean I, I would just be surprised. Well, if you're the Raiders, don't you want to use him as a trade chip because you're trying to get up in the draft for a quarterback? Isn't that probably, if you're a Raider fan, isn't that what you're hoping happens this offseason? What are you going to do with Devontae Adams? You tried that, fine. You tried one more swing in it with Derek Carr, and you went out and you got the best receiver in football. All right, two years in. It's not really working, and you're starting over at quarterback, and he's 31, about to be, no, this is age 31 season. I feel like I'm thinking find a way to make the money work or even eat that dead cat and go use him as a trade chip to get up in the draft. Like, where do the Jets pick? They're higher than the Raiders, aren't they? Or do they not have their first-round pick? They... The Jets? They probably do, don't they? Yeah, Rodgers didn't really play. They picked 10th. So, if I'm a Raiders fan, I'm trying to think, like, is there a way I can get to 10? Is that too much for Devontae Adams right now? It's way too much. Way too, way too much. much. Way too much. So maybe 
and but it's not enough to say Adams and thirteen for ten. Either way, I would try to use him to spin it into draft stuff so I can move up. Because I, I think if I'm a Raider fan, I only want quarterback this offseason. A post June one trade of Devontae Adams would be feasible. Okay. Yeah. So maybe for the Raiders. And probably for a team acquiring him. Sure. I would assume too. They would have seventeen million in savings this year by doing that. Uh huh. And then of course someone go into next year. And a pre a pre June one, even that is like that's getting out kind of even. They would not have a forty million dollar hit, but twenty three. Would you take a twenty three million dollar cap hit to get rid of Adams and get a first? From Kansas City? From somebody. He might be on the move. Eight oh three oh five fifty and one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty if you'd like to uh join us here. Jeremy and Joe. It's the anniversary three anniversaries. Miracle on Ice, the Ottawa fight game, the brawl, and uh Pagula. Ter- Terry Pagula's introductory press conference. We played the Miracle on Ice. Let's get to the brawl. Then maybe the introductory press conference. We do that too. <laughs> Let's get to the brawl. We've got you know, a couple minutes here. Wanna wanna go down memory lane? Want to step in if you were at the building that night, if you were there, wherever you're watching, at home, out. Also, it's a good exercise. I've actually done this before. Listen, Try listening to it as though you're driving around in the car hearing it for the first time. Yeah. Like, you don't know what it looks like. And let RJ pick, paint the picture for you because your imagination will run wild with it, hearing some of the things he says about it. Yeah. And for me, it's always about listening to the crowd. Listen, yeah. to, the, listen to the building. And what it's like in there. So we pick it up right after they get Drury off the ice. And they're about to send the players back out. And you can you can tell the moment that, as you're listening to this, we've played for you. You can tell the moment that Lindy sends Peters, Mayer, and Coletta over the boards. Mm-hmm. Because the crowd changes from boos to cheers instantly. It was a late hit. I think, yeah. I think that's what the argument is. The elbow it didn't look like it looked like they collided. Their heads collided. That's actually I, that's what I thought. Yeah. Really, I clipped by the helmet. But in any event, Neal and Stafford each end up with five-minute penalties. And now the Sabres sending out. Now we've got pushing and shoving going before the puck is ever dropped between Heatley and Coletta. Peters is out there as well. And Mayer at center ice. And Mayer trying to go after Spencer. Officials are trying to get in there and break it up. And they do. And Phillips and Coletta looks like the 
the bench here trying to let Lenny Ruff know what he feels about this whole situation. You know, Lenny's not paying any attention, but Brian, he is upset right now. He is hanging over, letting him know he's going to be coaches. You're right in there, is he? You're right between him and Ruff is trying to get in there. And let's wait a little again. Maybe kill the mics down there, guys, at the moment. Apologies for the radio edit version, but we have to. Yeah. Man, the crowd really is. That makes you emotional. Holy cow. Yeah, is it weird that it does make me emotional? Like, it really makes me emotional, the crowd. Mm -hmm. It is a nonstop, 100 out of 100. Like, imagine you're in the bathroom when that started. And you're like, what is, what's happening? There's still, everyone's <laughs> the still starts, yelling. It starts shaking as yeah. you're in the bathroom. What? What did I miss? And you come out and Lindy is like climbing the boards. You're in line. You're right, by the way. You, I listened for it and I don't know if I've noticed that before. It goes up. Like when he starts, here goes rough. Lindy. Oh, oh. When. Emotional. <laughs> Jeez. I mean. What would you give to have that back, you know? That level of intensity. Just give anything for it. Ugh. 17 years. It's a great night. And they won. And they won, right. They, they came out Good of that. thing they won. They came out of that shorthanded. They had to kill like a five uh, on five on. They had to three. kill a five on three after that, and did. Yeah, maybe yeah. They, actually, maybe Ottawa got one goal on that. I think they got a goal on the five I used on to four. have this game on VHS tape. Uh, I think they got a goal on the five on four after they killed the five on three. Yeah, and then they go to overtime and a shootout, and the rest is you know, jeez. Yep. Yeah, good thing they won that game. Here's a great question. Jack writes in, what does the Ottawa version of that fight sound like? I have never even thought about that. I've heard it. And? The the announcers are like, they're eating it up. They love it, too. Man. RJ, like, been a while since I've heard his voice. Yeah, you know? that too. Kind of makes it, like, additionally emotional there. And then, of course, like, watching the video, watching the highlight, you and I were talking about this during the break. That when you see it, man, Ray Emery cannot wait to fight. He's so <laughs> excited. He's so happy. He's, I mean, he was a boxer. He knew, he knew how to fight. Yeah. He was, when the, when the masks come off, you know, goalies take masks off to fight. There's a lot of different facial expressions. And Ray Emery in that moment was like, oh, yes, let's go. Mm. I've been waiting for this. Man, all-time great moment. 803-0550 if you'd like to uh, join us and just, I don't know. I'm over here going to get emotional about it. <laughs> the anniversary, 17 years later. That season, if that, I mean, that that's, that is, that's, that year, I'll go 506 or 607. I don't know if you have a strong feeling one way or another where you felt like they were going to win the cup, if one versus the other or both years. The first year, I definitely thought that. Yeah, the first year they should have. 
Yeah. They probably should have. I think the second year, too, it was just, like, you're just in it. It feel everything so amazing. Is, like, I don't know. Is the second year of that where the – this is an answer, a question I know the answer to. Is the second year, is the 07 – or sorry, 06, 07 Sabres, isn't that where the Bills live full-time now? They're awesome. Yeah. They're great. But it was not the same as 05, 06. 05, 06 was this – wonderful, joyful thrill ride. That was the Bills against the and the Texans here, and the Bills in the other go to the AFC Championship game. And then since then, mm-hmm. it's everything is stress. Mm-hmm. I know you're great, you're fun to watch, having a good time, lose three in a row. I mean, the Sabres that year, the 6 7 Sabres lost, I think, five in a row late in the year. Mm-hmm. They still won the President's Trophy. But it's a testament to how expectations change the way that you watch a team, think about a team, because... 0607 became like they beat the Islanders in five in the opening round of the playoffs, and it felt like work. It wasn't yeah. joyful fun. If you think about the Flyers series, a, a series they won in six, it's like, wow, what a great time. Islanders, they beat them in five. Stress. Why didn't it look better? Right. Right? When you get when you get good, why doesn't it look better becomes a routine. I'm not saying that as a criticism. Like I I do that. We all do that. Imagine being like Man, that series didn't go the way we hoped. They yeah. won in five. Yeah, they won in five. <laughs> they won in they didn't five. look. But they didn't look right. It's just a different reality. Yeah, yeah. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Got some people lining up calls on this. Let's get to this. Let's 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 spend some time remembering for, you know, for the sake of having some fun and remembering that we we did have good times. Eight oh three oh five fifty on WGR. I, I sure hope so. I've gotten a few breakaways this year that I haven't been able to capitalize on, but I knew that Benny was following up on the rebound if I didn't put it in, so I was. Alex Tuck on the game winner, shorthanded game winner for the Sabres last night, 3-2. They beat the Montreal Canadiens. Next up, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Jeremy and Joe with you talking a few things, mentioning that the Chargers look like they might cut Mike Williams, former seventh overall pick, missed a bunch of time last year with an injury. They'd save... 20 million on a cap if they wanted to do that. Also, uh, you know, turning back the clock a little bit on three big days in history on this date. One, Miracle on Ice. Two, the Ottawa Brawl. Three, Terry Pagula's first press conference as owner of the Buffalo Sabres. All three of those happened on February 22nd. We just played the highlight of the brawl and got emotional. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. and a few people call about it as well. Chris and Lockport is with us. Hey, Chris, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. I just wanted to give you guys my fin- uh, thoughts on the brawl. That was my first ever Sabres game. I think I was 18 years old. I went with my mom and her boyfriend, and there was a gentleman sitting in front of me. He turns around. He's like, well, man, you picked a hell of a game to come to on your first game ever. It was <laughs> That arena was insane. Like, I, I still – you guys were playing it on the radio, and I was driving to my truck, and I still get – goosebumps listening to it every time it's amazing i just want to say i love the guys show and you guys do a great job thanks chris you know as you as you say it's your first game ever we have a tweet right here from jason who wrote in i lost my dad in august of 2022 but the brawl game was the first ever game he brought me to when i was 12 and listening to it on the radio watching it back makes it a little emotional and miss the good old days even more first game chris and tweeting in also uh jason and patrick coletta first game ever <laughs> yeah, his first game, eight oh three oh five fifty. Jay and Hamilton. Hey Jay. Hey guys. Um, I caught around seven o'clock hour. You guys talking about this? So I had my uh, daughter in the car dropping her off to school early, 
and uh, I showed her just the clip of the uh, of uh, Russ and Murray going at it. Her face was priceless. Like she's like, "Why are they yelling? Why is he swearing? What's he standing on?" I'm like, "He's standing on the boards. How great is that?" And she looks at me, shakes her head. She's like, "I, I gotta go to school." And but what? I, so even though I'm a Habs fan, I know we lost last night. Whatever. Um, what I love about that clip and what it brings me to when I think of the Buffalo Sabres is how incredibly dramatic and intense and ferocious like the 90s and early 2000s Buffalo Sabres teams were. And as a fan of sports in general, how much I love virtually waking up every day to WGR, listening to you guys talk about something that the Sabres did, whether it was the Mayday goal, the uh, Ryan Miller fight, the Brian Campbell uh, hit. Uh, whatever it might be, the way RJ would capture all these things. And when I heard that clip this, uh, you played a little bit ago, and I'm driving, I can feel my my, my uh, gas foot getting heavy. And i got to slow down because I'm so into it as a fan. And I just, as a fan of sports, I just love how the Sabres bring, I did anyways, it's been a bit of a while to be honest with you, the intensity and ferocity of sport, and it's just something I will never forget. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Jay. I have a thought that I want to decide, like, do I want to be happy and just remember those times, or do I want to get a little bit sad about how that's what we don't get? I was just, like, I was almost getting angry just now listening to him. I'm like, he's talking about, like, the Mayday goal. The Mayday goal is closer to the brawl than today is. Yeah. 14. Four, it was 93. Yeah, 14 years. I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Well, what it's I'm unbelievable. Without again, like I don't want to devolve into I, just I, angry again, but like no, I don't it's either. But he, here's to. here's a question that's asked totally honestly. You know, as you could, you're you're referencing as Jay calls, he references the Mayday goal, and you'd have the shot heard around the world from Jason Wool, the Cup Finals, like Hashik years. You know, mm-hmm. what's the most recent moment for the Buffalo Sabers like that on the level of what's the most recent? Kingpin franchise, like the brawl is one. A franchise defining everybody remembers it. What's the most recent one? He, obviously, there's a there's a little bit of a cheat code in here. Is there anything from the drought? Like, is there anything mm, that's franchise defining? Well, everybody remembers. It was special. It was we shared it all together. The tenth game winning streak, the Skinner goal against San Jose, maybe. That'd be the closest anyway. Yeah. It's just... There might not be one. I don't think there is one. It's kind of like if you were to go back and look at franchise history, you would ultimately get to, why is there this gap here? There's nothing here. You know, yeah. If you were to do a timeline, there's a video montage of the greatest moments in franchise history. You're dot, 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 dot. And oh, then, yeah, there's nothing. And then what's if you go backwards, what's the most recent dot? It could have been last year if they scored. It had two more points. There might have been a game in March. There, where, were, there could have been a, a goal that clinched it. Yeah. Right? A goal to break the drought. A moment where, and that will happen, right? Whenever, that will happen. Whenever they next make the playoffs, there will be a goal. There will be a save. There will be a moment where it happens. There, It might be another team, right? Like, the Bills drought got clinched and... The moment is more about fan reaction because the moment itself is not a Bills game. It's Tyler Boyd. 
Yep. So maybe it happens in another game. Maybe Austin Matthews scores a goal against the Islanders and the Sabres clinch the playoffs. But if it's like an overtime winner late by Alex Tuck, that's next. That's the next one. Because right in, yeah, in 15 years, if they put together a video montage for a game or like a throwback night or something, and it's filled with all sorts of nostalgia, and they're going to have the Rene Robert Cup final goal, and they're going to have May Day, and they're going to have Hashik, and they're going to have the 0506 team, Pominville. You might have the Drury goal. Is that the last one? What am I putting in that video montage 15 years from now that's from the last 15 years? Right, because in a series where you lose, those moments get washed away. Right, When you lose a series... Right. That, right, Breer that, scored a game-tying goal with four seconds left at home. Against Ottawa. And him and Drury are like jumping up and down, and the crowd is going berserk, and nobody remembers. And they that. lost in overtime. Because nobody remembers. The series yeah. against... Carolina series isn't exactly the same. You had... Incredible moments in that Breer series. scored at home to, to win in overtime in a game six. Game six, but we right, you don't put it on the same so level. That's a good point. Because you lost the, the series. Which means I don't think you can include like when... Boston and Philly. Yeah, like, like Ennis scored an overtime goal, but yep. they lost the series. That was right, the last like, game they won. The the game against the Flyers where Miller makes a million saves and stops Breer on the doorstep. I think that's game four. They win one nothing. Right. It's like an all-time great game for a playoff game. And again... Just kind of lost to history because you lost that series. Right. Yeah. They haven't won a playoff series since 2007. I don't think there's anything. Wait, there's we, anything from we, the last 15 years. We. The Winter we, Classic. Chuck writes in Tuck stealing the puck from Eichel to hit the empty netter. There's no way. I mean, it was a great night for was, the people that were there. It was a great night. You know, we got fired up after the game a little bit. I, that, that can't be. That can't be right. That can't be right. I think, just kind of doing this video montage exercise, they lost that game too, but it was special for other reasons. I, it might be the Winter Classic. Just the fact that they played in the game and hosted the first Winter Classic. I'm not even, like, that That might be it. That yeah. might be the last franchise-defining moment. Ron and Alden. Hey, Ron, good morning. Good morning. Guys, how can you not remember? Go back to 2015, second-last game of the year in Columbus. Who are we rooting for? And Cam Atkinson scored that goal with like three minutes to go. Come on, it gave us the first overall pick, and we end up well, we end up with Eichel. But that has to be the moment in the last during this route that I remember. I I actually won the cup that night because of what was going on. And uh, Jeremy, that was your year, man. You yep. plugged it all year, so I'm shocked you didn't remember. Well, I do. I I, I I certainly remember it. The reason I didn't bring it up is because you know the the concept is if the Sabers are telling their story. I mean, they don't include that. They don't include the year that they finished last. They've done that. <laughs> no, they, they, they've done they, that several times too. No. So that's that's all. I certainly didn't forget that. I, I mean, I didn't forget the the Taves game. I didn't think that. I didn't forget oh, about the, the bro- game. I didn't think about forget about the broken stick against the Islanders that helped the Sabers lose a game. We're coming up on a decade. They also lost that. a really close one in Dallas one night, where the Stars scored two in the final three minutes. I haven't forgotten mm-hmm. those. But in terms of, I guess this is what it gets to. These other moments are ones where the fan base is fully united. And no one calls about the Ottawa game to say, like, you know, I didn't like that game. I thought it was boring. <laughs> I was I was mad. Whereas if I tell you about the tank, you got plenty of people that, you know, were not happy that it was happening. So right. 
the moment the moment of the drought the the the, the peak moment of the drought is I mean he, he might be right with the Skinner goal against the Sharks. I don't know I don't know what else. What else is it? RJ Knight? RJ Knight is yeah. RJ Knight? RJ Knight. Yeah, that's that's it. Banner's going up, right? Miller's banner going up too. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. 8030550188552550. Yeah, RJ Knight's a great answer. Yeah, it's got to be. Number 1. They won the game too. I don't remember anything about the game. Well, actually, I remember one thing about the game is that RJ going out on the ice after the fact. Yep. And me saying out loud to my brother, "This is the this is the biggest job Cody Eakins ever had as a <laughs> Buffalo Saber as he is holding RJ is don't let that man fall." That's that was the best thing he ever did as a Saber. Cody Eakin. Yep. 8030550188552550 if you'd like to join us. We've not yet dipped back into the third this day in history. We did the Miracle on Ice. We played that. We talked mm-hmm. about it. You got your hot take in. We did the brawl and the follow-up. We have not done Terry Pagula's introductory press conference. We've got another hour left. Maybe we'll dip back into that and talk about how things have uh, changed over the years to some degree. 803-0550, Jeremy and Joe on a Thursday morning. Pick of the week coming up here on WGR. National Margarita Day. Nice. I'll have a good margarita. Do you go with the salt on the brim? I usually don't. I don't. Sure. If they ask, I'll say, nah. And if they put it on, it's fine. How's that? Good answer? That's fine. I'll usually say yes. But it's, some, they'll go way too far with it. I'll only do, like, I'll only have a little bit of it on the brim. Time for the Pick of the Week, brought to you by Riverfront Auto Sales. Pick of the Week's the 2015 Subaru, Subaru XV Crosstrek All-Wheel Drive. One of the most reliable vehicles around. This one is well-maintained, low miles. Check it out at RiverfrontAutoSales.com. Call my friends Marty Sr. or Marty, Marty Jr. at 886-1626. Pick of the Week. What have we got? All right, so... I've got, the best I've got is Charlie Woods is playing in a qualifier. I don't know where you can see that. But uh-huh. he's playing in a pre-qualifier, finishes in the top five. Then he goes to a qualifier on Monday mm-hmm. to try and make a PGA tournament event. Okay. Um, you've got the car. Was it the Carbo Cup? We got the final this Sunday. Liverpool and Chelsea. So pass. Get that out of the way. Let Liverpool focus on the Premier League race from there on, and then uh, we're good to go. As they maintain top of the table status. Yeah. What else? The Mexico Open is this week. I don't think the field, though, is uh, very strong. No? I don't think so. So No, that's right. I've seen some of the, the picks. Slow time. I'm going with Charlie Woods. When you watch highlights of Tiger and his son playing golf and watching Charlie adopt all of Tiger's mannerisms, I don't know, he does the, the club twirl. Everything. Like I've seen like the exact same thing. The walk, the stance. Yep. Yeah, it's, a lot of, it, it's, it's pretty cool. So we'll go with Charlie Woods. All right. If he were to make a tur- like. A career of it would be, of course, impossible to follow in your father's footsteps and be as good as him. And living up to that must be obviously terrible or hard or whatever. At the same time, maybe he could just play golf and like it. And Tiger, I've seen interviews about that, that he was mm-hmm. always afraid of pushing him too hard into it. And 
that Charlie just loves it. So he also is amazing at golf and is 15. What percentage of his life has been playing golf? Like, because he's probably been playing since he could walk. Yeah. And, is there? I mean, I don't know if everyone a, does a percentage that. that I am jealous of. <laughs> Maybe not. Is there a sports son or child that was like you know followed early on because of who their dad was, and then they actually like matched it? Brett Hall. Brett Hall. Is that the best one? I mean, how about the, what about the Mannings? Definitely. But was like that's not their dad wasn't like a legend, right? Like no, that's he was, right. He was a name. How about I mean, this isn't a legend. Aren't the Kachucks going to be better than their dad was? Oh, that's good. They both might. Yeah, they're both great. Yeah, that's actually they're that's really good. Great. And their dad was a Hall of Famer. Yeah, that's 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 the that's going to be hard to top because they're and both. His son. Yeah, but like we'll he, see. He hasn't well, done anything yet. Yeah, that's true. But the, the Kachucks for sure because they're both already great, especially Matthew. I mean, they're great players already. Like, Hall of Fame trajectory, at least for Matthew. I don't know about Brady. A name we brought up earlier in the week on the show for an instant trip for comeback trivia. Ken Griffey Jr. I mean, his dad. Oh, sure. Yeah. His dad was a great player. Yep. Yeah. How, his dad was, a like, a Hall of Fame player? Probably, right? Is was I, Now I'm just thinking of juniors. Was Cal Ripken uh, Sr. a person? <laughs> was he, was he well, good? Presumably, yeah. Well, he was definitely a person, yeah. That's right. Yeah. I like the Kachucks is my answer. And, I mean, Brett Hull, Bobby Hull, right? Yep. So, hockey. Hockey's got Hockey's got, got a lot of... Hockey's, hockey's, hockey's got, got a lot of that. It does. Yeah. All the stalls. Like, there's, like, uh, so many stalls. Here's another one that's pretty good. Vlad Guerrero. Vlad Guerrero, Junior's yeah. Junior's pretty good. Yep. He's lived up to it. And he would have been... When he not have been a name developing early on, we might have been a little close to the sun here because he played in Buffalo, but because just his name is Vlad Guerrero, and then he actually was awesome, and still is. Yep. Eight hundred three hundred five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. Charlie Woods. There you go. That's the pick of the week. Jeremy and Joe with you on Thursday morning. You can you know fire us a call if you'd like. Another wide receiver idea. A couple more out there. Christian McCaffrey. All right. Oh yeah. Sure. Has been much better than his dad. Mm-hmm. Ed McCaffrey? That was no. His... Is Ed McCaffrey the one that's coming out now? There's a McCaffrey that's in this NFL draft. Luke McCaffrey. Luke McCaffrey. Yes. Thank you. Receiver. 803-0550. Trying to debate whether or not I should watch the Pagula opening press conference from 13 years ago. We're going to play some of it. Oh, good. It was All 13 right. years ago, right? Yeah. All right. 803-0550. Uh... Ed McCaffrey is Christian McCaffrey's dad. That's that's definitely true. Yes, I that, that seems so. like it seems like it's not far enough back for that to be true. No, it's true. They showed it at the Super I know. Bowl. Like, I know, and I'm just saying weird. This is stuff. Where, this is where I say like, how old but, do you think Ed McCaffrey is? Because he's a giant, isn't he? Yes, he so is. like that's your wheelhouse. Maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he's 55. It makes total sense. Ed, Ed McCaffrey yeah. is 55. <laughs> This is one of those spots, though, where the passage of time is difficult. Like you pointed out that May Day is closer to the Ottawa Brawl than today is to the Ottawa Brawl. <laughs> like, that seems insane. You know, when you go, hate, ba- when you go backwards in, in time, years get closer together. Yep. All right. We'll play that little little highlight of that press conference from Terry Pagula's introductory press conference. February 22nd. Who knew it was such a big day in the history of hockey here and nationally as well? Earnhardt's. That's a good one. 
The Earnhardts, father-son. Yep. Good answer. Thanks to that. As we connect with our fans, brought to you by Northtown Kia. Shop online at northtownkia.com, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Starting today, the Buffalo Sabres' reason for existence. It cut off. (laughs) The computer cut off in that moment. (laughs) Well, we know what comes next. We'll be to win the Stanley Cup. Yes. 13 years ago today? 13 years ago today was Pagula Day. They won their first game. They beat the Thrashers. And he was introduced on the ice when the French Connection skated out? Yeah. Yep. The Thrashers, huh? I'm pretty sure they beat the Thrashers. Look it up, if if you don't mind. I mean, I could do it too. I'm sorry. Um, I think they beat the Thrashers four to one, is my memory. They what? played the Thrashers. Yes. Score. The score was. I only have the pregame ceremony. <laughs> Let's see. You have them winning what? Four to I, one. I think it was four to one. Four to one. Is that right? It was. There was. There, how many times did they play Atlanta that season? What was the scheduling format back then? Uh, they won. I don't see it now, actually. What's the date on the game? This Okay, this is why I don't see it. The logo is the Winnipeg Jets logo. Yeah. It's 4-1. to one. Yeah, it's 4-1. to 4-1? 4-1. to, one? Four to right, one. There you go. The Jets. Um, 13 years ago. Yep. Got emotional looking for former players. Talked about sole reason for existence, Stanley Cup. Another quote we'll remember is, if I need money, I'll drill an oil well, right? Yeah, yeah, there's that. that. At one point, there was also, I was thinking about this yesterday. At one point, he also talked about how there's no salary cap on coaching or scouting. Yeah. The idea that, sure, there might be a salary cap in the NHL, but we can spend our money in other ways. Gain advantages in other ways. Mm -hmm. And since then, the salary cap in the NHL has, what, doubled almost? I mean, what's the Probably salary cap? Out. The salary cap in 13 years ago, in 2011, sorry, 11 years ago. The salary cap NHL in 2012. It was $59 million. Okay, 59. And today it's... Like up, 85? Yeah. Yeah. So not quite doubled, but it's gone but it's up... It's gone up a lot. Quite a bit. Yep. So, they've got a lot of room, and they have room... They're to- not a team right now that's spending to the cap. No. Um... Some of that's by design, right? Like, you have the youngest team in hockey. That's going to be inevitable that you're not spending to the cap, I think. Um, but, I mean, I wonder if they will. They did. They they We were wondering if they would spend to the cap, and their structure looked like they wouldn't that last Ralph Kruger year. And then, remember, they signed Taylor Hall. Eight million bucks, and that kind of brought them up to being a cap team, and they've never been that since. Like since the day they signed Taylor Hall, one year, $8 million, they have not been a cap team. Yeah. And again, a lot of that's because of how young they are, but that's, you know, we've been wanting to see that change a bit in the last 12 months especially. Right, I mean, in the last few months, they've acquired players' rights to make sure they're at the floor. Right. And acquiring... Yeah. Cap space acquiring. They've, they've had Johnny Boychuk and Ben Bishop on their uh, yeah, cap friendly page. Exactly where the the cap hit is there, but the dollars spent are not matching the cap hit. So anyway, that's 
Yeah, 11 years ago. Sabres win last night. They beat Montreal 3-2. to Alex Tuck, a shorthanded goal. And they win. Now off to Columbus next. Just seeing some details on college football 25. So EA Sports has announced a new college football game coming out. This game had disappeared for 11 years. Yeah. 10 or 11 years. And just being pointed out right now, and this is kind of funny or say what, what, whatever you want to say about it. You know, if we go back to the Pagula press conference, think how different the sports world is from then in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. And one of those ways is college football, transfer portal, NIL. Chris Vanini reporting on the new ES, uh, EA Sports college football game. He's a senior writer of The Athletic Covers College Football. All 134 teams will be in the game. Okay. More than 11,000 players will be in the game. Mm-hmm. Players in college football will get, as part of being in this game, a copy of the game and $600. $600? $600 and a copy of the game is what you get if you're a college football player. You will be in the game. You're, if you opt in. Opt in via the Compass NIL app. Yes. Okay. You opt in, and you get $600 and a copy of the game. Huh. Should I not be surprised that it's that low? You should. Does it feel low? It feels, well, I mean, if you're a college kid, 600 bucks. Think about how yeah. there was such a resistance to paying college athletes for such a long time. And here it's like, wait a minute, you guys didn't have that game because of $600 per player? $600. That, yeah, that's what they're all getting. Well, the, I wonder like how many will opt in, opt into that. Like if I'm if I'm a star receiver for Alabama, what do I need six hundred bucks for? I'd What's probably be L- making two million dollars in NIL deals. You're doing it so you can play a video game with you in it, which is but what all like, of us literally did. And you, you you created your own player. But I feel like eleven years just went by, and this thing that wasn't happening because the EA Sports and the NCAA were were basically stealing money from players with their name, image, and likeness. Th- uh, okay, 11 years go by, and the reward is you guys pay $6 million bucks if I'm doing the math right, out of a game that you're going to sell, what, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of? Maybe. What's the alternative? It's not like you, this isn't the alternative the, is just not in the game because you you're not you're not paying me what I'm worth. I'm my, well. Your name is not in the game. You are yeah. still in it roster wise. Any person that sees oh wow Joe DiBiase from Texas Tech decided he didn't want to be in this game. Guess what I'm going to do? Edit his name to be Joe DiBiase uh-huh. and put the exact stats in there. And guess what? Now you're in the game and you are just short six hundred bucks. What's the alternative? This is not exactly well. The alternative, but but here's the thing. This there's is not another, why there's the not game. An, there's not another game. Yeah, I don't know that they can they can emulate that player though, right? This is why the game went away in the first place. Is they were creating players just that like represented them. that person, and that's what they got sued for that, right? And the game went away. So I, I don't know. Like the answer to that is very simple. You can now edit the players' mm-hmm. numbers, whatever. If you're not in the game because I can't make it like you, mm-hmm. this is what a, we, we all got around this playing college football in the 2000s, the aughts. Mm-hmm. You would download a file and upload it to your PlayStation, and all of the names would just be filled in. And sure, they match the traits. Like if you wanted to use Tim Couch, the quarterback had the traits and size of Tim Couch. Right. Everybody was clearly designed to be like the guys on the team. So now. What I've got is the ability to, all right, I'll just go online and get all that information and upload it again. There'll be an online patch you can download for the 17 players that decide not to opt in. 
But again, you, you, if you don't opt in, it used to be if you were Michael Jordan. Like, Jordan was not in some of the NBA games. There were games okay. that the entire NBA would be in, except for maybe five players, and Michael Jordan was one of them. Yeah, Bill Belichick's never been in Madden. There you go. Ever. It's not like he's getting paid by another game to be in it, whereas Jordan did have his own line of games. Yeah. There was a Jordan versus Bird line of games, among others. So if you're a, if you're Caleb Williams and you don't want to be in this game, yeah, you don't get six hundred dollars. But I wonder th- if there's a different deal for those guys because if I'm if I'm EA Sports, I feel like the, especially those star quarterbacks, I want them in the game because imagine playing as, I don't know who's who's going to be the best quarterback in college football this year. Well, imagine if the game had come out last year and you Caleb, Caleb Williams, Williams said. $600, get out of here. If you give me $200,000, then you can have me in your video game. And if I'm EA Sports, I feel like that might be worth it. Because, I, I don't know, like, again, this is where all the legal stuff then comes into play. And then, like, I gotta make sure I don't create the character too much like him. Like, maybe I have to make him a lefty. Because otherwise, i am got litigation coming down at me again. Fine. Which is why the games never come out in the first place. You make him a lefty, and then I go online, or I go whatever, and I edit the player. He's a righty, he wears yeah. number 13. He's six foot this, this many. Here are his throw stats. Bam, mm-hmm. I have Caleb Williams. I can't put his heart into the little digital player, of course. No, I'm kidding about that. Yep. Um, but, you know, I just change it. That's what we all did. We just changed it. Inter- this, is, this is why, though, I still wonder if the game will even come out. That that kind of to me seems like they're they're trying to lowball all of the players who have been fighting for you know they've been fighting to represent to have their their name image and likeness represented over the last decade and I feel like six hundred dollars I mean right like you get nothing on the alternative but I just I think the totality of it is where I would feel like it's a slap in the face six million bucks. From a game that I just looked up, like the last game, six hundred million dollars in, in sales went through. I'm getting one percent. That's the thing. Well, that's... You, you are getting one percent to do literally nothing. You but, don't... I, but I'm well. I'm I'm selling my brand, right? Are you? They're putting yeah. your name on a digital player. Well, and they're creating the player to look like me and have the skill set of me, right? And I, all of that on I top of it. Do wonder, like that. That might be one thing where the the face. These, yeah, g- these games yeah. have been, you know, huge about putting the face of a player on. Unless you're a player that nobody knows, and then it's just like, here, here's a generic face. But if I'm playing the game, I don't care if Caleb Williams' face is in it. Yeah, I want to know the USC quarterback has the the traits that he does. So again, like I could just get around that. I don't know. I, I I'd be surprised if any player decides not to opt in. I, I don't really see the case to do it. You're a college athlete. You are. I mean, you you also live in a time where you can you. This isn't the only $600 you can make, to right, your point. Maybe, right. you, maybe you make $200,000 from boosters or however NIL money actually rolls into you, and $600 is a drop in the bucket. I, I would have a tough time believing you would just turn it down. I bet if they had just said, you get the game for free, a lot of the guys would have said, sweet. <laughs> Tony writes in, good stat here. 600 is the amount where you have to issue someone a 1099. Great for the little guy, the guys who won't get any real NIL dollars. The big guys have their value grow by also being in the game. I tend to agree with all that. You're a, you're the you're a defensive tackle for the UB Bulls. Put me in the game, give me six hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and give me that copy. You are the starting quarterback for Florida State. I don't think you gain anything by sitting out. 
I don't. Well, the thing I gain is I'm not selling myself out for six hundred dollars. But you're just not. You're not making money off off of me for six hundred bucks. That's a slap in the face. If I'm the starting quarter, if I'm if I'm a star player on a team, I, I feel like it's a joke. If I get offered six hundred dollars when Adidas is giving me two point five million dollars to use their what what are they doing marketing? They're sell they're using me. That's right to sell their stuff. You're using me to sell your video game, even if it's a small portion of that, for $600? Well, get out of th- here. there is a massive difference between I'm Drake May. You are using me, Drake May, to sell a, a shoe versus mm-hmm. my name is on a digital man, one of 11,000. I know, but the guys... 11,000 players are in this game. Yep. If, you're, if you want to say that it makes more sense or these guys might want some, some sort of tier system where... Power five schools get seven hundred dollars, and mid majors get five hundred dollars, and starting quarterbacks get a thousand. Like I wouldn't dispute that there's probably some sort of hierarchy that could and should exist. Mm-hmm. I just I really don't think you are gaining anything. Whereas Adidas selling shoes without your permission, they make a lot of money. Why would I sign off on that? You're going to give me a lot higher percentage than six hundred bucks to use me to sell shoes. It is worth pointing out. Someone just passed along this part of that article to me that. A number of college athletes, both within football and outside of it, will also become ambassadors for the game and will receive additional NIL compensation. There you go. So they're right. Like if you're the if you're one of those players, I'm imagining, given the size of some of these NIL deals, that you're gonna be getting you're gonna be getting a big chunk of change for doing that. So right. Maybe they are it sounds like they might be recognizing Hey, if we want the star players in here, then we have to go a little bit above and beyond for that, so we're gonna we're gonna end up doing that. Interesting. The college football video July game. July it was supposed to come out? That's what the trailer said, right, last week? Maybe. I'm trying to remember the the time of year it... Yeah, usually right before the season. August yeah. or September is when it would have yeah. come out. Around yeah. the, I mean, around the same time Madden does, which is, you know, August, September or so. Anyway. NIL. It's all complicated. They'll have the new uh, college football playoff in the game, too, with 12 teams. 12 teams. Yep. Which it's a lot you, of games. Did you see the new rules? The way they were they they had rules set up, and then the Pac-12 went away, so they had to redo it. Where I guess the top five conference winners will now get a buy past the first round, or maybe it's the top four. Top, top, four, top four conference winners will get a buy. Which, if you're a Notre Dame fan out there. I think means unless I I didn't you'll never see get a buy. You are ineligible from getting a buy until you join a conference. So I guess that really hurts if you're a Notre Dame fan. Yeah, because what like you can still you know make it and you can host a playoff game if you are one of those seeds, but you can go undefeated and you're just sorry get in a conference if you want to be a, a team that has a buy. Yeah. I'm not crying any uh, no, not crying a river for Notre Dame fans, though. I heard today on WBEN that Wingfest is nominated for one of the best specialty food festivals in the country. USA Today, 20 nominees. You want to know the 20 food festivals in the country nominated for the best food festival? food festivals. All sure. Right. Let's decide if we would or would not attend these. Josh, okay. I don't know what food music. What's food music? Food music. Like the uh, like Italian chef music. What is that? <laughs> You thought Italian chef music. I thought Weird Al's Eat It. 
<laughs> Very different vibes. Yeah. yeah. Food festivals. 20 food festivals nominated for Best Specialty Food Festival. Mm-hmm. Wing Fest is nominated. Here are the contenders. It is uh, the 10 best. So I guess 10 of these will advance. USA okay. Today 10 best, if I'm reading that correctly. Yeah, the 10 winning festivals will be announced March 29th. Okay. Would you like to attend in Monterey, California, the Artichoke Festival? No. I don't want to go to the Artichoke Festival. I don't want to go to the Artichoke Festival. No. I would rather go to the Wing Festival. How many foods can you name that have artichoke? Artichoke dip. I'm out. (laughs) Wait, artichoke hearts? Or is that just what artichokes are? Artichoke hearts, right? Yeah. The dip was my was my only answer. Artichoke dip. That's it. Is there a bacon wrapped artichoke? The carne asada festival in Dallas. That's I would go to that. That's I would go to that too. <laughs> Perfect. Here we the go. cheese curd festival in Wisconsin. I would probably not want to go to that. I don't have a long experience with uh, cheese. Cheese curds are just for like poutine, right? Yeah, Are they use for anything else. I'm a big cheese curd guy. You can eat them yeah. for anything, really. I'll just eat cheese curds. Okay. The Delta Hot Tamale Festival in Greenville, Mississippi. Nope. What is a hot tamale? Like, is it? Because all I can think of is those candies. You know, like the little. Right. That's what like it is. Little jelly beans. No, it, <laughs> it's not those. No, uh, it's meat, like a meat stuff that looks like a. I don't say like a hot pocket, but it kind of looks like a hot pocket. It kinda, yeah, hot pocket ish. No, I don't want to go to that. I would try that. Ten food festivals: the Easton Garlic Fest. <sighs> Only for garlic Man, bread. That thing. They better have some mint gum for everybody that leaves. It's in Easton, Pennsylvania, not that far. The Kauai in Hawaii Poke Festival. The what? Poke. Poke? What's that? Like poke bowls, like fish and... Oh, yeah. Okay, I'd be into that. I would try that. The Key Lime Festival in Key West. I would go to that. I bet that's awesome. In Key West, too? Oh, yeah. The party's yeah, probably I'd, great. I'd be into that. Las Vegas Pizza Festival. Sure, of course. Yeah. Maine Lobster Festival. Yeah. These are these are the heavy hitters. Right National here. Banana Pudding Festival in Centerville, Tennessee. You went from the highest of highs to this, just there's a, the yeah. end of the spectrum. The opposite What's wrong with the, the Banana Pudding so, Festival? Wait, where, is it, where is it at again? Tennessee. C- Centerville or something? I guess if you're going to be known for something, like there's not that many lanes to pick that are unclaimed. The Banana Pudding Festival. Hold sure. On. I've got the 2024 entertainment lineup for the National Banana Pudding Festival. Two stages of entertainment all Pit day, Bowl. Saturday and Sunday. Um, DJ Khaled. Not yet. Whoever does the NHL All-Star Game. All I have is pudding flavors at this point. We have not yet announced the full festival. Check back in September with the lineup. Okay, moving on. <laughs> The Wing okay. Fest, Cornbread Festival, South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. In. Would go. In. National Fried Chicken Festival, in. New Orleans. In, in, in. Going. Yeah. Oregon Truffle Festival, Willamette Valley in Oregon. Yes. That sounds great. This festival's name is just Picklesburg. Yes. Yes. Pickles in Pittsburgh. In. Pizza City Fest in uh, Chicago, Los Angeles, and Nashville. Get out of here. I gotta go to five different cities. Yeah, forget that. No. San Antonio Tamales Festival. Nope. No thanks. Vermont Cheesemakers Festival. So I have to make it? I think you just eat what they make. It's in Greensboro, Vermont. The, right. the Waikiki Spam Jam. Oh, yes. man. No. The Spam no, Jam? No, 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 no. The Spam Jam? Yeah, Spam Jam. No, thank you. I'm good. I don't think I've ever had Spam, though. I have not either. It's just, there's, I don't know. It doesn't. 
There's nothing that sounds less appealing than meat out of a tin. Good spam Ow. is very good. What? No, that can't be right. I, hey. How often are you eating good good my, spam? What does that even mean? Does, my mom makes this dish, and it's got spam, rice, pineapples, peppers, and she puts oh. it all in this big pan, and it's so good. I, spam and pineapple. I will admit to also never having spam. It's, I figured it's I, just wet ham. I, when you when you <laughs> cook it, though, when you put it in ham. a pan, when you heat it up and actually cook it, it gets like a little brown. It's like actually, it's kind of like when you have like fried bologna. I, okay. It's, I shouldn't, it's really good. I shouldn't say I've never had spam. I've had it once in my life when my seventh grade middle school teacher, Mr. Jafarjan, decided to make spam and lard for the students because that we were learning about the Great Depression. Hmm. I don't remember liking it's it. It's like a core memory for you now. I, I Yeah. So my, I had, my, my, my mom doesn't use lard when she when she cooks it. She just uses like regular no butter. pineapple. Well, but the pineapple it goes with it because it's it's like a it's a Hawaiian thing, like that's where the pineapple comes from. I don't know, man. Spam is. I, really I guess good. I should I should say the thing. Don't knock it till you try it. But I'm 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 knocking it. Well, is that it? No, there's one more. In Chicago, Illinois, this is the both. Well, all three are going to say yes. The Windy City Smokeout. Sure. Oh, yes. definitely. Oh, yeah. Definitely go to that. Yep. Sounds awesome. Wingfest is great. I love Wingfest. Mm-hmm. Great festival. So you can go to USA Today and uh, the 10 best. Vote for Wingfest to win one of the 10 best food festivals in the country. Jeremy and Joe, when we get back, we're going to check in in Pittsburgh. We moved him a bit. Uh, Locked on Steelers talk about the Steelers' plans this offseason. Quarterback, will they have a receiver available? At some point, Deontay Johnson trade might be a wide receiver idea of the day for us. I don't think they'd give up on Pickens, but I bet they give up on Deontay Johnson. He's quite good. So, we'll see. Pittsburgh Steelers update next here on WGR. Like, I still mess with the Bears. Isn't that? I'm just trying to take a little break. I, I'm following the Bears and the NFL, bro. I'm not just trying to have football on my timeline. Okay, okay. It's something that I don't want to see in my timeline. I'm about to go on vacation. I don't want to see no mm. football. It's either keep fields. We want fields. It's either drive Caleb. So, it's like, bro, man, I'm tired of hearing the talk. I just wanted to be over Justin Fields answering why he unfollowed the Bears. Mm-hmm. Oof. Today's football rumor mill. Social media tracking. I, I guess they're getting t-shirts. I'm going to make t-shirts. They're going to say, I promise you don't have to care about that. Player follows or unfollows anyone on earth. Mm-hmm. You don't have to care about that. I mean, Diggs unfollows the Bills. That that hasn't happened. Which is not, I was going to say, that has not happened. Who knows if he does follow the Bills? I don't even know if he does, and I don't care. You don't have to care about that stuff. But if you want to, go for it. On the Western Hotline, speaking of Justin Fields, not Chicago, but Pittsburgh, because the Steelers keep getting mentioned for this. Host of the Locked On Steelers podcast is Christopher Carter joining us on the Western Hotline. Christopher, good morning. Good morning, guys. What's the quarterback answer? Are the Steelers serious that it's going to be... Rudolph or Kenny Pickett, or is this uh, is this thing open to interpretation? The Steelers are, are keeping their their doors open as far as like what they're going to welcome in, but they're not giving up on the Kenny Pickett project yet. I mean, he's, he'll be a third year quarterback next year. Um, I, I think they're they're kind of acknowledging like, hey, we put that guy in a bad situation with Matt Canada as the offensive coordinator. the The first game that he that he got without Matt Canada. He, the offense gained over 400 yards for the first time since not having Matt Canada. And then the next game he was knocked out with an injury while he was going in for a touchdown. Uh, and 
that he never got back on the field because Mason, because Mitch Trubisky was, was in and uh, a week before Kenny Pickett would have been ready, uh, Mason Rudolph played very well. And they said, hey, let's give this guy a chance. And then they went on the run that got them to the playoffs before they lost to the Bills. So, uh, yeah, I think the Steelers are, are not giving up on Kenny Pickett, but they're also not going to overspend to try to fix the quarterback situation, especially for a guy like Justin Fields who – has a combination of, I think, what, 68 fumbles and interceptions in his first three years in the, in the league. And not that they wouldn't like to have a Justin Fields, but not for when he's, go, when he's on the last year of his rookie deal. And if you, if you trade for him, you're basically giving, you're giving up at least a day one or a day two pick, and you're only getting a year of him, or you're paying a $21 million uh, fifth-year extension to have two years of him on a guy that you're not sure if he's going to work out in your system. If Justin Fields had even two years left on his on like the regular part of his rookie deal, I think the Steelers would do this. But particularly because he's on that last year of his deal, that's just an awkward situation to be in right now. I think they have a lot more of the things they could work on fixing, like getting a, a new center, new offensive tackle for Dan Moore, um, a cornerback to pair with Joey Porter Jr., uh, things that are reasonably within their reach rather than reaching for a desperate quarterback situation that could just put them behind the eight ball again in another year. So do you feel like what's most likely then is not a Justin Field size investment where you'd expect that guy to just replace Kenny Pickett, but do you expect they'll bring in someone maybe to push Pickett, even if that, I guess, could be Rudolph again? It could be Rudolph. I also think Ryan Tannehill is a very reasonable possibility uh, simply because I don't think he'd be that expensive anymore. Like he was a huge cap hit for the Titans because of his career there. But what kind of built that up was his two years with their new offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh, Arthur Smith, when he was the offensive coordinator for the Titans. And I think they're they're going to try to bring in Tannehill to have like that veteran presence who knows this offensive system and can help Kenny Pickett learn it. And if Kenny Pickett doesn't do it this year, they move on. Like they like, but but at the same time, they're trying to get see like, hey, we invested a first round pick in a guy. Let's actually try to give him three years to develop. Uh, and we've seen quarterbacks take their time to develop before in the NFL. But, um, I, yeah, I think what's going to happen here, they're going to bring in a Ryan Tannehill type. And then I, I wouldn't be shocked if they tried to get another, like, lower-level quarterback like Taylor Heineke to bring in, or if they drafted a guy in, like, the middle round, not, like, early, like getting, like, a, like a Bo Nix or a Michael Penix. A lot of people keep saying Bo Nix to the Steelers. And I'm like, that's just Kenny Pickett 2.0. Like, the guy is the same age, the same build. Uh, you know, you know, was was in college football forever, and you know, yeah, he, he was really he had a lot of great highlights and a lot of great throws, you know, in his in his in his last year. But like, you look at the track record, and it's I, I think you're you're asking for the same issue and to be here again in three years. I think what the Steelers' plan is right now is they're going to build the team around having a game manager quarterback, kind of like how the Niners have, kind of like how a lot of teams have that are trying to win without a superstar quarterback. And then they want to put themselves in the next two in a position. So over the next two years that they don't have to spend, they don't have to focus on fixing so many parts of their roster like they do right now. And then at that point, then they make the jump to go get quarterback. Like right now they need to replace Mason Cole at center. They need to get, you know, I think they need some new safeties to work with Micah Fitzpatrick. They have a lot of needs that if they get right in free agency in the draft this year, then maybe next year's the year that they go aggressive in free agency or the draft for a quarterback or the year after that. But right now, I just don't think that they're in a position to do that. Christopher Carter, Locked On Steelers. You know, I, I, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to give you a term for what you just described, and I say it in a loving way because we lived it in Buffalo. 
But what you're sound, what you're what you're laying out sounds like a term used by a former Bills GM: quarterback purgatory. You know, like yeah, you're building really- you're building a team good enough to prevent you from picking one at the top, and the guys that you have are not good enough, so you are stuck in the middle. And when Doug Whaley said it as GM of the Bills. Uh, for some, he got flagged, Christopher, but it, it was reality. Like, sometimes you are in that middle zone where there aren't really easy answers out of it. I was actually going to ask, was that Doug Whaley who said that? Because Doug's <laughs> a friend of mine. Uh, and we, we do TV together here in Pittsburgh on our, our local NBC station. So, um, you know, he, he, Doug was very, was very right about that. He was right about that when the Bills were trying to go through that. Uh, but the thing is, is that you, you don't want to tank. Like, like, look at the Chiefs. They never tanked to get Mahomes. They had the 27th overall pick the year that they um, that they got Mahomes. They just traded up. They said, "Hey, we got the the build around here. Let's go aggressive and get that quarterback." I think that's where the Steelers are trying to get is get to the point where, like, hey, you know what? You, you never want to be the team that finishes four and twelve because that breaks up the core. That's that, that that's your building, so that when you, if you say you do get a quarterback, you don't have a team around them. Like, you know, when the Steelers got Ben Roethlisberger, they already had an, a run game. They already had a defense, and had that team been broken broken up, they you know Ben Roethlisberger wouldn't have two Super Bowls on his register. Um, and I think the same thing goes for Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs. And uh, I think that that's kind of where the Steelers are right now. They want to make sure they have the team that, you know, when, whenever they do get the young quarterback that's going to be part of the future, they're coming into a really good situation so you can try to win with it. Because also that's kind of the model for success right now in the NFL, right? Like you want to get the young star quarterback that you're not paying a whole lot for and they're playing really well. And then you can invest around to have like the best roster in football and, you know, if the Steelers can do that, great, but they have to build that roster first. And taking swipes at quarterbacks that maybe you have a 25% chance of doing well with, just seems like you're kind of working against that as well. And, again, it'd be different if they had, a, like, a legit shot at, like, getting a, a, a Drake May or a Caleb Williams-type quarterback in this draft class. But they don't. They, they, they have the draft. They have to move up in, like, the top three to get those guys, and that would take a lot of draft capital and i'm not even sure some of those teams would give up the, the kind of draft capital that we're talking about there so uh yeah qb purgatory it's absolutely a thing but i think part of it is navigating that staying competitive in that and then making sure that you have the core for when you are ready to make the move that gets you out of qb purgatory you have the kind of roster that can cash in on that and get you a super bowl or two last thing for me uh christopher we're uh we're obsessed with receivers here so just to just to ask it is there any wiggle room for Deontay Johnson getting out of Pittsburgh, or do you think what's most likely is, given if, you, if uh, those listening don't know, he's in the final year of his contract, do you think they're just going to try to extend him? Uh, actually, I do think that this is one of the more reasonable trades the Steelers could make moving forward right now. Uh, they like Deontay Johnson, and uh, Deontay Johnson's enjoyed his time with the Steelers, but you know everyone knows what's coming next like the Steelers have George Pickens on the roster in a few years they're gonna have to pay him and if you're paying him and Deontay Johnson you're gonna limit yourself in a lot of different positions of spending so I do think the Steelers would be open to talking about trades for Deontay Johnson right now but the question would be what you would offer for him would you give up a third round pick or a second round pick for Deontay Johnson right now and for a a team like Buffalo or even the the Chiefs like a team that's looking for hey we need a, a a slick running wide receiver who can be a big playmaker for our big name quarterback. And that might put us over the hump. If a team's willing to pay that price, I think the Steelers would come to the table and be like, yep, happily accept because 
They want to keep building. They want to get younger. And, and if they move Deontay Johnson out, they're going to clear out some cap space that allows them to address some other things in their roster they need. And this, I think this year they're going to draft a wide receiver anyways. But I think the plan is moving forward that George Pickens is going to become the number one guy, and then they can have you know a rookie wide receiver this year. They have Calvin Austin, uh, you know, from uh, you know, who was in who was in last year's draft or two years ago's draft. Um, and they can build around Pickens. But you can't invest in both Johnson and Pickens, and I know Johnson's going to want to get paid uh, with his next deal. The Steelers paid him well the last time, but uh, I I don't think they're going to pay him again, which is why I do think the Steelers would be interested in the trade. It's just who who wants to cough up uh, the draft capital that they'd be looking for there. That's the interesting conversation. But, yes, to those who are looking at Deontay Johnson, I would consider him on the market. All right, Christopher Carter of uh, Locked On Steelers. Thank you so much, and uh, you know, enjoy combine season, free agency season, all that Ooh. as it approaches. Absolutely, I'll be heading down to Indy on Monday. Very good, thanks, 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 Christopher. Chris. Boy, that Steelers. Uh, you know, like I said, I tried to ask him with respect. Like I'm not tossing shots at his points as being correct, but mm-hmm. every word of that life they're about to live doesn't it sound horrible? Yeah. Every single word of it sounds horrible. Y- yep. They're gonna right. Like you are gonna try and build the best roster possible with a game manager quarterback in the AFC. Yeah, you are gonna sign up for. Listen, we'll just be the team with the eleventh best quarterback in the conference, and that'll only be better than other rookies that have yet to pass this guy. Yeah, and then someday we'll go out and trade up and get a quarterback. Like trying to thread that needle as the Pittsburgh Steelers. Good. Luck. Also, Deontay Johnson, want to do this wide receiver idea of the day? Sure. Shut it down right away. Yeah? No. For just for the Bills. No way. No way. He's a good player. I like him a lot. His cap hit this year is $15 million. Mm-hmm. But you could extend him. You And you probably, any team acquiring him probably would. How old is he? He's 28. 28. I'm going to. Well, he's 27, but he'll be 28 by kickoff. I'm going to. I'm going to trade weekend. an asset and extend a 28-year-old receiver. Every single one of these wide receiver mm-hmm. trades, the, the value in the trade has to be so far down. Boy, you're telling me I can acquire a 28-year-old Deontay Johnson with a cap of $15 million mm-hmm. for a second-round pick? Hmm. What could I do with that second-round pick? Mm-hmm. Just draft a guy? Yeah. I mean, Deontay Johnson, like I said, I like him a lot. I think he's a, a nice player. But... I mean, if the Steelers think they're getting anything, this gets to the Diggs point. You want to trade Diggs, a team giving up a second and a third round pick for Diggs, I saw that listed today. The Giants could trade a second and a third for Diggs. They'd be insane. Be nuts. Okay. I just don't think it makes sense for anybody in, in these wide receiver trades. In this market especially. Extendo Sports coming up. Jeremy and Joe here on WGR. Breaking sports news airs first here. Guaranteed. WGR Sports Radio 550, 2020 Sports. Extendo Sports. What would winning a title with the Suns mean for Durant? I got a, I, I, I got a, I got a problem in my life when it comes to sports. I'm, I talk <laughs> on the radio every day about sports, mm-hmm. and my current pet peeve is how Nothing on earth exists except for championships. Mm-hmm. Jason Williams going in multiple days now. He's gone back to it that Caitlin Clark can't be a goat until she wins a ring. Mm-hmm. Austin Matthews 
unbelievable. Well, he's having one of the best scoring seasons of all time. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to call him great until he wins the Stanley Cup, according to these people that are just... I get it. I want championships too, but man, I am I'm triggered, Joe. I'm in a bad space about it all. I'm not, all, I'm not I'm saying you, it's all Michael Jordan's fault. You're probably right. I'm not it's saying all Michael Jordan's fault that it's wrong to treat greatness on championships, which is like it's just nonstop. Everything is about rings. Everything. Mm-hmm. We need somebody other than Patrick Mahomes to win a couple and you know quiet this down. What else? Uh, instant trivia to wrap Ooh, up here. All right. Instant trivia is brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh human grade dog food delivered right to your door. So, Ukapakalukanen having a uh, pretty great year, right? Like one of the best years we've had, goaltending wise, during the drought. He's at a 9 11 save percentage. Can you give me the. Believe it's four goaltenders that have had a better than a nine eleven save percentage during the Sabres drought. The four goaltenders with a better than nine eleven. Yep. Yes. Allmark. Allmark is correct. Leonard did for one year at least. Leonard did. Leonard in the fifteen sixteen season only played twenty one games. Is that the game he gets hurt in the opener. He had a nine twenty four. Okay. Save percentage. That year. You said there were four. Four. With a minimum of, I think the minimum is 20 games. Like, does Ryan Miller count here? I was just going to say, would Miller be? Ryan Miller. That first, the second year after the drought, the year he split Buffalo-St. Louis, he had a 9-23. And one more? Jonas Enroth. No on Jonas Enroth. How funny is this name? Uh, It's moderately funny. It's not Craig Anderson funny. Nope. It's like Chad Johnson funny. Chad Johnson funny. Chad Johnson. I knew it. I knew it. I'm. I'm at this point. I'm. I. We've done enough Sabres trivia that I'm ready to read you yeah. when you're going to throw me Chad Johnson. Chad Johnson. He had. I think it's the best season a goalie's had during the Sabres drought. <laughs> he started. He played 45 games. 45 games. Had a 9.20 save percentage, and I looked it up. He was 11th in the league in goals saved above expected that year. How many games did he ever play after that? Didn't he leave? That's what I'm saying. Did he go somewhere and do what? I don't. That's a good question. I don't. And I just type in Chad Johnson stats, which you got to put. You got to put hockey in. Okay. Uh, after his in yeah, 2017-18, after? Uh, he had two stints with the Sabers. He went to Calgary, then he came back to Buffalo and had okay. a save percentage of 891. <laughs> then went to St. Louis Yikes. and Anaheim, and the save percentages dropped to 884 and 872, and that was it. That's all she wrote. Yeah. So he peaked in that he should have retired right out on the spot. Nine twenty save percentage in, at, at age twenty nine and retired by age thirty two. Yeah, he had a good year. That's goalie quality. He gave the Sabers twenty three quality starts. I wonder the last time they got twenty three quality starts in a season from a goalie. Wow. Lukin in this year has given them that. I bet by the end of it. You think? How many yeah. is he at? Yeah, no, that's got to be right. That's got to be right. He's at right now nineteen. Yeah, yeah, he'll get there. All right, Extendo Sports. Uh, that's it. The Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show coming up, and we're back tomorrow for a football Friday. Kyle Krabs, Lockdown NFL Scouting. He'll join us tomorrow at 8 o'clock. He does the show, the NFL Scouting Podcast with Joe Marino. Talk about some free agent ideas, not just for the Bills, but movement in the league. It's going to be a, a season of wide receiver headlines. Mike Evans, maybe T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, lots of different ideas out there. Marquise Brown, uh, Tyler Boyd. So big names out there. Gabe Davis, let's throw him in there too in, in addition to the draft class. So Kyle Krabs coming up tomorrow. Extra Point Show next on WGR. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.